Blog Talk Radio. The Carlotta Chatwood Show. I am that cheeky like Carlotta. And today I am back this week with another show. And you know what, you guys, uh, today we got a special guest uh, that's coming on today at 12 noon. Uh, we're going to be talking to Pam Newton from Pam Newton's Modeling Academy in Kansas City. Uh, and we're going to have, you know, we'll do hot topics a little later on into the show. But y'all know how I do. I start off telling y'all about my week. Well, I'm in Kansas City. I'm in my hometown right now. So I don't know if the sound sounds different or if it's a little different. So if you guys are hearing the sound sound a little different, you know, I, y'all know how I be, how I be when I'm, you know how I be when I'm at home, you let alone when I'm somewhere else, okay? So you guys be patient with me today. We are, work, I'm working through the kinks as I go along, but I think it's pretty good, all right? So, you know, yeah, my week has been good. I got here, when did I get here? I got here like Thursday, yeah. My grandparents are hoot, <laughs> as always. <laughs> but I am uh, doing. I'm doing pretty good uh, this week. I'm trying to think of what to tell y'all. Oh, I know what I wanted to share with you guys. What I saw this week. You know how I always tell y'all about what I've been. Um... Okay, I got to watch. I had to watch some of the upsells again with my grandparents because they wanted to see the upsells. <laughs> my grandma's like, "What's the new show with Kim Fields?" And mind the sights, I want to see it. <laughs> so I showed them some of the upshots. They like the upshots. <laughs> I was like, I watched it twice. It was good. I mean, it's a really good show, okay? So we did that. And uh, we did that. We watched some of the episodes yesterday. And uh, I'm in KC, I'm getting ready for this week. I'm doing this Friday. I'm hosting uh, Pam Newton's uh, fashion show, her coming out fashion show. So I'm really excited about that. Kind of nervous, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, okay? And um, I got to see uh, Houston this week. Oh, my God. The story of Houston, the designer, the big designer in the 70s and the 80s. Oh, my God. So many life lessons in that story. If y'all have not seen Houston, it is so worth 
your time to watch, okay? And I kind of have an affinity for Halston, okay? But there is, I mean, um, and I have for years. So, but listen, so the story is so good. It, You know, it shows you the power of your name and how sometimes money is not everything. I mean, I like money. Don't get me wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong up in this joint. I like coins. But it shows you how to never... I mean, so many life lessons, never sign something is in desperation, never, uh, I mean, be careful what you lend your name to or give your name to. I mean, it's just so many rich lessons in the story of Halston. Very good, very good. I think I shed a few tears. I know I'm a wuss, okay? It was so good. And it was this part at the end. I don't want to share, I don't want to mess it up for you guys, but he said this quote at the end I thought was, so brilliant to his friends. Very good. Very good. So if you haven't seen Hawson, definitely, definitely check that out. Man, I loved it. I did. And I got to see, too, my grandmother was telling me about something high. See, I don't even get My grandma be knowing all the news. She was telling me about something about high on the hog, this thing called high on the hog about uh, African-American cuisine, I guess, start, uh, like it studies the beginning of African-American um, the history of African American food, and and they go all the way back to Africa into the area, the uh, West Africa, which most of American slaves uh, are are from. And so they start, you know, this guy looks at uh, the how what we have in common with them, and then he's coming up. It's like five episodes. I only saw one episode, but he's coming up to the or how we cook, you know, have Black Americans, how we uh, traditional Black Americans. We make our foods today and everything like that and how some of the traditions carried over with us from uh, from West Africa into slavery and beyond. It's, it's, it seems like it's really good, okay? I've only watched one episode. I watched it because my granny was like, let's watch how now. <laughs> but it was really good, okay? It was good. It's very good. So I want to tell you all about that one, Okay. Let me see what else. I haven't got to watch anything else this week, I don't think. Nothing else to talk about. I don't think I got to see growing up hip hop or none of that this week. Sorry, y'all. So I can't give y'all a rundown on the, you know, the shows, but next week I'll try to my best to catch up, okay? All right. So y'all know how I do every week I give this um thing. I give this encouragement to you guys, uh, called It's a Word, okay? And it's a word is where I try to, you know, I encourage you guys about things that happen during the week you know, for myself that I can share with you guys and just encouraging you, period, about stuff I'm going through or stuff you may be going through. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But this is my segment of it's a word. And this week, I think it's going to be a simple it's a word because I really, you know, I always say I I really sometimes I come up with them at the last minute sometimes because I have to think about it and think about the energy I'm in and think about what I'm feeling and kind of reassess my week. (laughs) And what I feel like this week, the word is, is don't let anybody box you in. You know, don't let anyone box you in, regardless of your age, ethnicity, your um, looks, size, whatever. 
don't let people box you in. And we all love to do that. All humans love to box people in and are our construct of what we think they are. But you know who you are on the inside. You know what you're capable of. So don't let, that's not, it's a word for the weekend. Don't let anybody box you in. And that is what I love about the guests I'm having today, Pam Newton, because uh, I have one today. She doesn't let anyone box her in. You know, she's been in modeling over 40 years, and I'll tell you guys a little bit about more of her bio. And she still models. And she uh, she helps others to break out of their boxes. So I really love. I thought this was that this was a great. It's a word for today. Okay. Um, there are so many people who try to do this to us all the time as humans. But you know, sometimes it's just time to break up the narrative of what people think of you. Okay. So this is one of the quotes I saw today that I wanted to use for telling you guys don't break out the box. Okay. It's from Deepak Chopra. And it says, instead of thinking outside of the box, get rid of the box. Okay. Get rid of the box. Get rid of, get rid, get rid of your limiting, limiting thoughts um, of self-defeat or just limiting thoughts of, you know, of how high you can go or where you're supposed to go and think, Allow yourself to think, wow, you know, allow yourself to think beyond uh, your um, your world. And I think so many people make so many mistakes in their lives because they end up sitting in a, you know, they end up sitting in a box made for them. I remember talking to, I was getting a, an astrology chart done by Apollonia. Y'all know Apollonia is his friend to the show. I love Apollonia. Apollonia said to me in my uh, thing, because I have a lot of Virgo <laughs> in my chart. I'm a Virgo moon. No, I'm, I don't have a lot of Virgo. I have Virgo in the second half. But I have Vir- I'm a Virgo moon. So I tend to make sometimes a lot of my decisions based on Virgo. <laughs> and even my bad decisions, you know, it's like Virgo right there. And I remember she said something to me I thought was very powerful. She said, you know, and this is no offense to you Virgo girls out there, okay? But she said to me, she said, you know, this is where Virgo women fuck up their lives because they try to be uh, perfection or they try to, fit, you know, be in this certain construct. And I was like, wow. But it was very true. And so I was like, wow, she's so right on that, you know. And so um, sometimes you have to think outside. You can't allow yourself to be in a, a, a box because you're scared of what other people may think of you or you're scared of how people may view uh, your newfound thing, okay? And you know what? I'm a scrubby, so I'm used to There have been times in my life where I've completely changed and it's completely threw people off kilter. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was doing either, you know, because sometimes I didn't realize, you know, like, you know, I remember in my twenties I was really just a wild child, more flower child, and then I got really conservative. <laughs> And then I'm I'm back to like sometimes wild child stuff or whatever. But I have these uh like these Phoenix moments, you know what I'm saying? And I think it throws people off, but it's okay because you know, you can't allow yourself to be boxed in because once you allow yourself to be boxed in by others' opinions and thoughts of you, then you can only go as far as they think of you. And uh that's not always good, okay? So you have to, you can, you go as far as God wants you to go, as God thinks of you, and what you think of yourself, okay? So that's your, it's a word for the week, okay? It is instead of thinking outside of the box, get rid of the box, okay? 
All right, y'all. So, see, that was a short, short introduction today, okay? That was a short one, okay? So, we got to go into music. Y'all know, June already? Can you believe it is June already? I'm like, we're already at six months. It's crazy. It's You know, can I say something? This is a sidebar. But since I've been in Kansas City, like, I've been going in different stores and I'm wearing my mask. I feel so crazy because I feel like the only person wearing my mask. It's a lot of people ain't wearing their mask. And, this, and they got on mask signs on some of the doors and people still ain't wearing it. <laughs> yeah, they with their mask. <laughs> but Kansas City really doing I was actually surprised because I feel like in Kansas City they were doing it more than Texas, which is interesting. It was really interesting. It's just a weird sidebar, okay? All right, but it is June, and I'm so surprised that it's June already. I'm like, wow. But y'all know what that means. One of my favorite songs, I love this song by Jamira Kwai. I love to play it in June, Seven Days in Sunny June. We're going to start off with that one. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta, and we will be back in a moment, y'all, okay?
Oh, 
my God, you got to be, that's a Gemini. Boy, he's such a Gemini. I think he has like a sad mood. He's, he's, Donald Trump, I think, is Gemini ascended. I mean, no, Gemini. He's a Gemini, and he has a Sag moon, and he uh, has um, a Leo ascendant, I believe. <laughs> you can tell all of it's working. <laughs> but it says, Trump commented on the ideal during an interview broadcast by far-right radio host Wayne Allen Root on Friday afternoon. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon first touted the idea of Trump running for Congress to take over as Speaker of the House back in February. Root raised the idea with Trump directly during his interview. Why not? Instead of waiting for 2024, and I'm hoping you'll run in 2024, but why not run in 2022 for the United States Congress, a House seat in Florida? Win big. Lead us to a dramatic landslide victory. Take the House by 50 seats. And then you become the Speaker of the House, lead the impeachment of Biden, and start criminal investigations against Biden. You'll wipe him out for the last for his last two years, we said with excitement. The only thing is, Trump, you are dealing with a Scorpio, with a kind of a cussy Scorpio with that sad, I wouldn't have said shit, though. <laughs> because that Scorpio, see now or not, is, is probably uh, planning against you right now. <laughs> but it says, that's so, that's so interesting, Trump responded. Do it. You'll be a folk hero, we responded. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting, Trump added. He said some have previously suggested that he run for Senate as well. But you know what? Your idea might be better. It's very interesting. Right Ring Watch first reported on the remarks. Dana laid out the same plan in mid-February during the remarks he made for Boston Republicans. Uh, you know what? He'll come and he said, he'll come back to us. We'll have a sweeping victory in 2022. He'll lead us in 2024. Here's my thing about Trump doing that. Right now, he has so many people against him in terms of the radio, TV, technology, you know, these all these oligarchs, which I think is totally unfair, whether you like Trump or not. Uh, I don't think it's good for anybody to ban or censor someone, and, and you know, because of his thoughts and his opinion. Uh, but he has a lot of censorship going on, and these big tech companies, and now they're going to try to, and I just read something the other day, they advanced him to 2023. Well, that's interesting. They've done that because they kind of have a sense that he may want to do that in 2022. So, you know, um, I think it'll be hard. I think that if that was something that he had planned on doing, I would have kept quiet right up till 2022. And I would have shockwaves by doing it, right? Um I don't know if Trump is, you know, here's the thing about Trump. I don't know if I think he's that bold anymore. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I the fact that he didn't release Snowden, I mean, he didn't uh, pardon Snowden and Julian Assange kind of tells me where Trump might be at. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think they scared Trump, you know, shitless. That's my personal opinion. I think Trump is not going to be, if he runs, He's not going to be the same Trump that was in office. That's my personal opinion. The rebel rouser. I think they beat that out of him. I could be wrong. Okay? But I actually think that that, that may be gone. <laughs> okay, so that's, you know, just very interesting there. Uh, 
we're going to have two later on in hot topics, some of the hot topics I want to bring up because I don't know if we're going to a few, few minutes our guests are going to be here. But uh, now here's just what's interesting. I want to want to talk about this for a minute. Biden this week, you know, he did a lot of, uh, you know, uh, talking. He went to, he can't, he showed up at Black Wall Street. And here's the thing. A lot of people didn't know about Black Wall Street. On this show, we've been talking about Black Wall Street for years, okay? Uh, a lot of uh, uh, people have been talking about Black Wall Street for years. Suddenly, these last couple of years, it's been on people's radar. But Black Wall Street is, you know, is something that most people have ignored. Joe Biden showed up down in Oklahoma, and it looked like a good thing. But now we're seeing it that it may have been just for photo ops, Okay. Because Politico is reporting this report, Politico.com, they're saying Biden privately tells lawmakers not to expect much on reparations legislation. Joe Biden was more blunt about racism, racism than perhaps any president before him. Interesting, because he is the pres, you know, he is the guy who used to hang out with Strom Thurmond and, <laughs> and other members of, uh, shall we say, the Clinton. Clan allegedly, <laughs> and then many of the crowd, uh, and and then many in the crowd expected. In his remarks, comm- uh, uh, commemorating 100 years since the Tulsa race massacre Tuesday. Now he had to do that. Let me explain why he had to speak to black things because black people are getting angry. They're seeing that he is not doing anything for them. So he goes that what they what what politicians do is start to talk. It's been a, a thing since Clinton to come down and um, stroke black people's egos by talking them up and talking about racism, but then don't, not doing any legislation or anything for them because they know just the talk will keep black people in check, okay? Uh, it says, he called out through the years, there have been members in the elective office who were very public about their association or membership with the KKK. Representative Corey Bush said in the parking lot of the Cultural Center, that's funny. Did he talk about him speaking at one of the KKK members' funerals? But I digress. He set up in the scene in his speech to take us to what was happening at the time, and that was really powerful. I was so glad to hear it. But some attendees noted that they considered a glaring omission, any mention of reparations of the survivors and the descendants of the massacre, some of whom have sued the city and state for compensation and a full-throated endorsement of H.R. 40, which would create Commission, uh, commission to study reparations. The bill passed out of the House Judiciary Committee in April for the first time since it was first introduced in 1989. As a candidate, Biden said he supported commission on reparations, but the administration has yet to endorse the actual bill. Okay, after his speech Tuesday, the president met with members of the Congressional Caucus, Black Caucus, who brought up the need for H.R. 40, which is named after 40 acres and a mule. Promise that now symbolizes uh, the lack of support uh, formerly enslaved people received from the federal government. According to those involved in the conversation, Biden let them down gently. He's been doing this since before the election. Um, let me stop there. They've released recordings of him talking to black leaders before the election. He's talked to them like children. Uh, he's, he's also now telling them privately, I'm not going to get you reparations. I'm not going to do anything for you. Black caucus, when I, I think when black people realize the black caucus is, is no longer a black caucus. It's just black people who call themselves black caucus. But the black caucus is not powerful. They've given up their power. Um, 
I think it's going to be disturbing. And this is interesting that he went down for photo ops to talk about the Tulsa massacre, but he did not. He did not want to talk about reparations. See, this is the thing, getting legislation passed to do something about something. So this is, we'll talk about this a little later in Hot Topics, in our Hot Topics section of the show. I'll revisit this, and we'll talk about that. But meanwhile, you guys, when I come back, I am going to talk, uh, bring you guys, I got a guest today, so I'm bringing on Pam Newton. I told you guys next uh, last week that we were going to have Pam Newton on from, uh, from Kansas City, who is a model, and she's been modeling for over 40 years, and we're going to talk to her about her model academy and her fashion show coming up. So, you guys, we're going to go on break, and I'll be back in a moment. Meanwhile, let's listen to a little bit of, I like this one. This is uh, from uh, Miss Hayward, to Carrie Hayward, caught up. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, you guys.
Hey, y'all, that's Takeri Hayward with Caught Up. Who says R&B is dead, okay? Listen closely. You can find some really, really good R&B artists out today, okay? They are there, okay? So, you guys, I told you today I was going to have a special guest on the show. I am so excited to introduce you guys to her, Pamela. Remember we talked about, I just talked about It's a Word, if you guys were listening to It's a Word. I just talked about how getting out of your box is important and not not letting anyone box you in. Well, this guest to me is, you know, she is uh, she is that personified, in my opinion. Uh, she doesn't let anybody box her in. She's been uh, modeling for over uh, 40 years. Modeling, okay? So that's a, that's a long time, okay? She's been in the game. So she knows the game, right? And uh, she now has a modeling academy in where she's teaching others about all these things that she's learned over the years. And she's having a fashion show, her coming out fashion show this week. I am so excited to got you guys to uh, introduce to the show, the CC show, uh, Pam, Pamela Newton on the show. What's up, Pam? How are you doing? Hello, I'm great. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I am so good. I'm glad to have you on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yes. So I want to know, because I I just told them about you being in for 40 years. That's a long time. You've been in the game and you're still doing it. So I want to know, how did you decide to start in this industry, in the modeling industry? Actually, uh, when I started um, even modeling, I was like 12, and my self-esteem was down, and I went through charm school at that time, and it helped me build up my Mm self-esteem when I was 12 years old, and I've been in ever since. Mm -hmm. I was 12 years old when I started. Yeah. So now you're so now you're making this like official transition into being a teacher in the business, you know, with the Pam Newton Modeling so, Academy. It can yeah, be a lot well, different teaching people something. So go ahead. Yes. Well, I I, I did teach at uh, Penn Valley Community College uh, etiquette classes back in like 2003 or four, something like that. And then I went through John Casablanca's. I went to train myself at that time. Uh, and I've been a freelance model for over the 40 years. So, like, what is that journey? Like, you started teaching in 2000, so, like, the etiquette classes, and now you're going into having your own academy. What has that journey been like for you from going from that side of modeling to now you're teaching people what you know? How different is that? Because I know that's a, <laughs> a different journey. Well, I, it's not different at all because – Um, because I still model myself and teaching at the same time. So I'm still doing what I, this is just my niche. I was born with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like to deposit, uh, you know, goodness in in front of, into people. It's just like a ministry in itself. So I just love it because Mm -hmm. I'm giving back to the community of everything in the modeling industry that I was learned. And so what are some of the things that Pam, what are some of the things you go over in the Model Academy, uh, some of the uh, things that people can learn from you when they come to you uh, to learn from you? Okay. Uh, I actually teach them how to audition for commercials. Mm-hmm. We do the photo shoots like posing and posture. You know, we go through the um, 
in front of a photographer. I can show them how to pose and everything like that. Um, I'm also a pageant coordinator, so I do get in front of a pageantry uh, models, and I teach, uh, and I'm normally like a judge or, you know, judging uh, the models on that. I do etiquette, uh, talk about hygiene. Uh, I'm a personal shopper. We learn uh, about comp cards, resumes, um, just everything, you know, the etiquette part. So it depends on what the person is in need of. That's what I teach them. And you know what, you guys, I'm a student of PAM. And so let me tell you, PAM does it via Zoom, too. Because I'm in I'm in yeah. Texas most of the time, and Pam taught me how to listen. Pam worked with me. Y'all know I, y'all, I, me and some heels. I talk about it on this show. <laughs> so <laughs> Pam worked with me <laughs> and was teaching yeah, me how to me. walk in heels, teach, teaching me how to stand, teaching me how to pose. So Pam is brilliant. Okay, <laughs> so uh, oh, I know you. firsthand. I know firsthand. I'm thank telling you, Pam, you you're great at what you do. Uh, oh, I know, thank like, you so much. You you are, but I know in the last few uh, years in the modeling industry, you've been there a long time, 40 years, you're still doing it. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen so many changes, in the, especially in the last 10 years, uh, more opportunity and inclusion in the industry. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, I can, and I'm a, uh, mm-hmm. I do have a concern a little bit, too. Uh, there mm-hmm. are a lot of people, like, I, I'm going to just pick up, speak a little bit about uh, the now, uh, since I've been, since the Academy was birthed in August of 2020, uh, um, I have seen so many models just trying to uh, get themselves out there too quick, you know, like more Mm -hmm. of like a desperate uh, situation that they get themselves into and just want to model for everybody and don't care what they do or whatever the case is. But they need to take, I keep telling everybody, just take your time, you know, and, um, learn about the industry or that particular agency or coach or whoever that you are trying to connect or involve yourself in because everybody's not for you. So no, uh, and that is a real concern of mine right there because a lot of people are scammers, you know, so. And, you know, you see a lot of that, too, because a lot of girls get on Instagram, you know, and they do, uh, they're doing Instagram models and stuff like that. You've heard, I've heard some bad stories, you know, tragic So You're right. Even though there's more opportunity and more inclusion and more ways to get out there, you still have to look at who you're working with and how that, you know, and how you enter, too. So I love the fact that you said learn about the business and things like that. That's mm-hmm. that's right. I think, that, have to I think so many people run. Mm-hmm. Yes, so many yeah, people Yeah, you have run. to investigate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if people don't investigate, then that's where, you know, like I said, everybody's just out here just mobbing, you know, because they're doing a lot of boudoir, and uh, if you sign <laughs> something, you don't really know what, if you're not really an attorney, you're not really savvy on, uh, a contract, really how to read it. You're just excited at the moment. Uh, a person mm-hmm. have to really sit back and grab, you know, at least have an attorney or somebody to read over the little fine lines, you know, the hidden uh, agenda. Because sometimes you will go and you'll be will be surprised at what you sign and what you have signed into. Yeah, and Pam, people, a lot of people don't realize that modeling really is does take technique. It really does take hard mm-hmm. work. And so can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people just think it's taking pictures. 
No, and that's that's not correct. So I have his uh for myself, I modeled for David's bridal. Uh, so I had maybe about, wow, 50 million gowns on, you know, at, at the shows. And mm-hmm. uh, I modeled for Hallmark cards. So there's like, you could be a fit model or a uh, hand model or a runway model or uh, a designer can use you. That's a fit model uh, for mm-hmm. different uh, aspects of uh, modeling. So there is a lot of different things. You have fashion modeling runway modeling or print model. So print is uh, saying that I'm, I will do, like I did, print work for Hallmark cards. Runway, okay, so with the runway, that's tied to a designer, you know, uh, because the designer is the one that selects their models to model for their clothes. So basically the models are actually helping that uh, outfit to come to life. You know, for that yeah. designer, what they wrote on paper, what their passion, what their mission was, you know, what they saw in their head uh, to put it on paper, and then they had to expose it on uh, or put it on, uh, you know, a model after they cut it out and made it. They wanted to flow how they see it on paper with you mm-hmm. know, whatever they imagine it to be. So that's what they really want. So, and two, yeah. you have to be approachable. A lot of models mm. are not approachable. You know, they have either an attitude, they act like they're better than others. They, and, and I, you know, I sit back and I just observe. And I am who I am all the time. So can't nobody say, Pam, oh, my goodness, you just up and down. No, I'm, I'm the same all the time. And because a designer, they won't use you again or someone won't use you again if you have an attitude. They'd be like, oh, that girl had an attitude, put a red mark on her. We cannot use her anymore. So it, it's a lot that takes place, but it's not all about modeling. So it's about print work. It's about commercials. It can be, you know, you can do a lot of different things, you know, uh, pertaining to that this industry. Yeah, and I th- I love that you say you have to be humble in that in that industry because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that won't get you uh, work anymore. Yeah, any anymore mm-hmm. in the industry when you have a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're out mm-hmm. of Kansas City. The Midwest is going to put its own spin on the fashion industry and show. Oh, yeah. So can you, mm-hmm. can you, I'm, I was yeah. actually surprised at how many fashion shows and things that Kansas City is having. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Everybody is trying to be a designer. Everybody's trying to develop a fashion show. Um, and, and here it is room for everybody. You know, everybody okay. won't click with everybody to be in their show or, you know, I don't. Me, I do things for myself. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to compare myself with anybody uh, just because someone else is doing it. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it because this is what my passion is. This is what God, he brought to me to do. And what I'm doing mm-hmm. is actually taking my academy, uh, the models, uh, and allowing them to uh, experience, get the experience uh, on the runway. So that way I'm preparing them in all aspects for the next show. But there is a lot of, uh, you know, like I said, everybody's trying to do everything. But that's where I told everybody, do your research. Just don't go out and and say, I want to model just for this person. Then you have maybe a bad experience or something. Uh, Just take their time. But it is a lot of modeling deals that's happening in Kansas City. Um, Yeah. It it, it really is. Yeah. So you have a fashion show coming up next Friday. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I know you're excited. (laughs) I do. I I am so excited. I really am. I'm almost sold out uh, for one. 
Um, but I'm going to have to maybe cut it off. Uh, but I have four designers, um, mm-hmm. uh, House of Pamela Renee. I have Annette Sunshine. And I have, well, actually I have a boutique, a steep boutique. Okay. And uh, then I have an intern, uh, Mew. Uh, uh, she's coming out with her, uh, her designs that she made at uh, Johnson County Community College. Uh, we will have dance, food, just get together. Uh, just We're just going to have a good time. I can't speak of everything on here because I want you to come out and you're going to figure out who I am the day of June 11th and what, how God moved me and how I deposit myself through him to other people. It's like a ministry in itself. So. Yes, I'm so, I'm so excited about it too. Pam gave me the opportunity to uh, MC it, so I am so not only modeled, but she gave me opportunity. So I, I appreciate you so much. But I yeah. want to ask you about your advice for people wanting to follow your footsteps. People, there are other women who want to are listening right now who are saying, "Wow, you know, I want to do, I want to have a long mm-hmm. career in the modeling industry, and I like to teach someday, or I like to, you know, do what that lady is doing right there." How do I do that? What's the, what is some, what is your advice? Well, my advice is uh, seek someone, you know, like myself. I am a model coach. I would teach you the whole aspect of everything that you need. Um, um, so take one step at a time. Everybody's at a different level. You know, there's some more uh, inexperienced people. There's some advanced people. There's some intermediate people that's in the middle where trying to figure out what they want to do with their uh, career. Uh, you can actually inbox me. Uh, you can actually send me a, um, a message if you want need help or direction, I can uh, teach you and get you where you need to go for the modeling industry. Um, I can leave my phone. Can I leave my phone number here, Sue? Yes, definitely. Definitely can. Okay. Go right ahead. Okay. My, uh, the business phone number is 913-735-6280. And my uh, email is pnewton.com. Modeling Academy at gmail.com. And that's P as in Pam, N E W T O N M O D E L I N G A C A D E M Y at gmail.com. So it's P Newton Modeling Academy at gmail.com. And some of my signature courses that I will uh, teach is uh, runway, posture, commercials, and photography and portfolio. Um, but and much more. I know I couldn't. I, I do teach skincare and stuff like that too because I do Mary Kay. So I in, inter, intertwine that with the class as well. So everybody will learn all aspects of the industry, everything they need to do. I mean, make it a model bag. Everybody don't know about that. I mean, there's different yeah. things that prepare you for each show too. So, and but you know I am that, here. Pam, Pam is for real. Pam does the mo- the model bag like little things. It's the little things to mm-hmm. me that Pam tells you that you you are like, wow, I didn't think about that, or I didn't. Mm-hmm. She is really thorough in her teaching, and so I just want to encourage you guys. If they, and it's not just even if you're like Pam says, she taught etiquette classes, even if it's just for. Um, if you're in theater or if you're in some other form mm-hmm. of the arts and you just want to learn how to mm-hmm. walk some contact Pam. 
she's not limited by uh, by the city too because she does Zoom, right, Pam? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, definitely. Yes. So yes. So, so Pam, yeah, anything? Yes, I. Huh? Go ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, I was going to say I do have you know like different connections as well based on the. Uh, auditioning and stuff for commercials and stuff like that. I know a lot of people are interested in that aspect um, Mm -hmm. of modeling. So like I said, modeling goes different ways. It depends on the person. You know, you want to do commercials, you want to do print work and all that stuff. And I'll just, you know, actually show them exactly what they need to, um, what they need to do to prepare them. Because there's a lot of people wondering, who should I go to or what should I do? You know, but you should not have to go to a modeling agency to pay a lot of money. You can go through a model coach first to learn everything you need to learn, and then you step out from there. Yes. And so, Pam, where is – I know it's almost sold out, but where is uh, the the show going to be at uh, this Friday? What time? Everything, just let people know, and where they can get tickets while they last. <laughs> okay. Now, I might have only a few uh, at the door, okay. but right now I'm thinking about turning it down because I am running out. But it's at the Cotillion room and garden and the address is 16816 US 40 highway and that's Independence Missouri and it says it will start at 6:30 p.m. and it'll last to 10 it'll be over at 10 o'clock and I'm I'm a share you will have a good time we will have food yes. dessert um, and you know just Regular drink. It's going to be non-alcoholic because we're going to have kids in the okay. house, and I want to respect that. So yeah. I, come on yeah. out, and and like I said, I will have a few at the door. Does I have to? Uh, if I don't, I will have a few things to eat for you, but not maybe the whole meal. So just FYI. So if you if you come and at a you know after I reach that uh, true hundred mark, you know in my house, uh, then mm-hmm. you know I will have you know like I said. Uh, a few other things, items to uh, for you to eat. So. Okay, so Pam, I got I, one thing I forgot to ask you because you just mentioned it. Kids, you do work with uh, child models. How 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 young do you go? Because I know somebody's going to ask. I will go. It's it's no age. If the kid, okay. I mean, it can be like six and up. I mean, six and up or something. Okay. Uh, right now, I'm all the way through uh, sixteen right now. So. Okay. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. all right, Pam. Yeah. Thank you. You know what? I yeah. appreciate you so much. I know you. In, I know you on the run because you got the fashion show going and everything. But thank you so much yeah. for taking the time out with me. I appreciate. You. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you having me. And just everybody, come on out. If you, uh, I'm quite sure you will post my information on the page or something. Uh, they can yes, just go well, to Pam. We, New- yes. Yeah. They can just find me on Pam Newton, and you'll see the information on the uh, the event. You go to Eventbrite and purchase your ticket. Right, right. And that's the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You guys know, for some of you follow me on my personal page, which is the Keisha page, That the Carlotta Chatwood page is a different page. So you guys, when you go over to that page, I'll have the information up. Right now I have the information for the show up, but I'll also have the information later on for the fashion show and things like that, okay? So you guys can go over there and find out everything, okay? Pam, thank you so can much. I, thank you. Can I mention one other thing right quick? Sure, sure. Okay, I forgot to mention that uh, some of the proceeds, a percent of the proceeds will go to 
uh, Garnet Cancer Society. You can go on her page and see. And it's uh, so any proceeds uh, that are received through the tickets or either uh, vendor purchases or the Garnet Cancer Society will be in the house as well. So you can purchase some items from them and it will go to the Cancer uh, Society as well. And we will have a lot of people there that, um, you know, that maybe had cancer or lost someone in cancer, and we will honor them as well. I love that. Thank you, Pam. I'm, that's important that you said that, too. Big, big. So you guys remember, this is not only an event just celebrating uh, the Academy and Pam's a great, wonderful models, but it's also going to be uh, it's going to it's a cancer. So you guys want to look that up and see what some of the money is yeah. going to go, proceeds are going to that. So that is that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, and yeah. I'm glad it's yeah, all yeah, going out. So y'all better hurry up and get these tickets. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just so excited. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, you guys will love this event, and we're gonna have it. I will have more events like this, so that way the Modeling Academy young uh, ladies and guys can shine because it's all about them. It's not about me. It's about the Academy and the, and the model. Yay! Thank you, Pam. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much, and hey, ladies. I thank for you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you thank you. Are, you guys who are listening on the phone lines and everything, I see you guys. Uh, you guys who are listening through the, some of you couldn't get in. I see that. Okay, I'm sorry. The lines get tied up. But that's okay, you guys. I'm glad you listen, You can listen through your app. You know that everybody can listen to your app. And if you didn't, you can't hear it through your app. Remember, They'll do. Uh, they'll put up the show again, so you can listen to, to it through the archives. Okay. All right. Oh, Thank awesome, you, Pam. Awesome. Again, I will see you, and we're gonna we're gonna go into Tony Braxton's dance. I'll be back with hot topics and more. We come back on the Colada Trap with the show. Thanks again. See okay. You, Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Oh, 
of my favorite ones. You guys, I am back on the CC show. If you guys missed the interview with Pamela Newton, you guys can go back through the archive shows and you can hear when the archive show is up today, you can hear it or you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, okay? So uh, you guys, this is a, you, you will get to hear the show again, all right? I wanted to have you guys answer questions. I know some of you guys are saying, why? Carlotta, why didn't you let us ask questions? Pam, I gave her I gave her a certain segment of time, and I, I ran out of time. And so I will, I'm going to have Pam back on so she can ask you some questions for you maybe. I'm going to ask her to see if she can come back on at another time, and we can, you know, we can do the question thing. I asked all the questions. It was a segment that was meant to be without questions. I'm sorry. You guys, I'm so sorry, okay? So, uh. But listen, if, remember, if there's anything that you need to know, remember, you can hit up the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. I can tell you how to get a hold of her. You also know you can get a hold of her through um, uh, through uh, through the information that she gave on here, okay? So I will put that up again, okay? So uh, you know what that I mean you know so we're we're gonna figure we'll figure it out so we can have her on again and maybe just to have a show where she talks to us about and you know uh, and how we can you know we can be more charming because I know my ass needs to be more charming right <laughs> that's why I have you know I go Pam is so sweet and she's so nice I I'm so glad she appeared with other shows you know one of the things is I'm ratchet on this show. But outside of this show, Carlotta's very ratchet, right? But, <laughs> well, she's not ratchet. She's not. She's the other half of me. She's a little bit more bold. She can have a ratchet side title. She's kind of ratchet. So it's so why classy like Pam and Charm School. So y'all, y'all see, I, I do have a charming side. I do go to Charm School. Like I did, I, Pam has taught me a little bit about sitting and how to sit straight up and how to walk in my heels. <laughs> It's a trip. Like, so I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, right. So it, so you know that is that's the great thing about uh, uh, going for Pam because she can even teach someone like me, you know, uh, to to how to uh, be more, uh, you know, ladylike when you go out. And some of y'all calling y'all have pergaments out there in the streets. Y'all know y'all need to go to Pam, okay? <laughs> All right, so you guys. We are getting back into the news. I was talking about Biden uh, right before the um, – uh, President Biden right before uh, the interview with Pam. And I told you guys I was going to revisit it again about how Biden was talk- talking privately, saying, you know, to people, saying basically ignore reparations. We're we not going to do no reparations. Y'all not going to get no money. I'm just down here for photo ops. He didn't say that, but that's how I interpret it, okay? Uh, he said, they said, this is what they said. He didn't disagree with what we're doing, said Representative Brenda Lawrence, Democrat from Michigan, and the second vice chair of CBC. He did talk about his plate being full with trying to get infrastructure bill passed and that he really wanted to make sure that he could get right. Biden, uh, biggest biggest concern with HR 40, Lauren said, is getting it through the Senate. First of all, HR 40 is a bust anyway from the beginning. Okay, HR 40 has no, um, it does, it has no distinguishment between descendants of American slaves, which is very important because listen, America owes its debt to the descendants of American slaves, not God 
not Jamaica, not Haiti, and all those other places. You there, you have to deal with French governments, British governments, and all kind of other stuff. But America, and we, and listen, I am behind my brothers and sisters in other countries who are in the diaspora to get yours from the country that enslaved your people. However, American, we're talking about African American uh, Native Black people and the harsh system of slavery that they endured for several hundreds of years, for 400, over 400 years, including Jim Crow, felt reconstruction in that, throw it all in there, okay? Uh, we're talking directly because to the descendants of American slaves, and it has affected Black Americans in such a way. That's why, you know, you got people like Yvette Carnell and, and Antonio Moore, even though I disagree with them on certain things, like I disagree with them on not, you know, I, I'm not a person that, I know they got a message they're trying to send out, and so they get real strict about ADOS and FDA. They say it's confusing and all that stuff, but I'm a person that believes that, yes, there are times, there's a time for division, there's a time to divide yourself from uh, certain people and certain things and stuff like that, and I get that, but there's also a form of isolation. Now, sometimes I think they could be isolationist. From people who disagree with them, and I think that hurts their their progress. That you can disagree, yet still uh, be friendly. You can have certain things that you do agree on, and that doesn't confuse anybody who's a thinking person, right? So, uh, but I do agree with them. They have set this thing out where Black people are looking at lineage more. They revisited that. That's been done for years, so. But they revisited it and brought it back to the forefront of how important it is for us to uh, distinguish ourselves as a lineage. And I think that is very important uh, as far as as far as when we're talking about stuff like H.R. 40 and things like that, because H.R. 40 doesn't, I believe, do that, okay? Um, but they're saying uh, uh, Tuesday in Tulsa, uh, in Tulsa illustrated the dichotomy that has come to define Biden's approach to issues of race and race equity. No president has so forcefully called out the nation's sword history. At the same time, Biden has downplayed the likelihood of legislation action, sidestepping calls from him to embrace rules reform in the Senate, allow easier passage of relevant bills. Okay, listen. These guys understand the time. They understand that people are out here stumping and these grassroots movements are going louder and louder. People like you did, Antonio Moore. People like uh, uh, Tyreek Lassie, people like Voice Art. It's there are, the voices are growing louder. People are being dis, dissatisfied. And they he knows that he has to get bolder in his talk. But that's the problem, black people. We have allowed the Democratic Party to constantly talk but never do a thing. Okay? We even had Obama last week talk about why he didn't speak on race. Here's Biden speaking on race very forcefully. But Obama, who was the first, he wasn't the first black African-American. He was the first uh, Kenyan, half Kenyan black president. We haven't had our, uh, a descendant of slaves as president yet, How, or vice president. However, uh, he couldn't even share our same skin color. He could not, and ethnicity, he could not even speak to, uh, uh, he was scared to speak to racial uh uh, situation. So why he, he was he was ineffective in, in helping black people at all. 
And then we got Joe Biden just talking. Okay, that's how, and then he understands that he can just talk. They understand that black people are used to us just that they, all they have to do is talk. Oh well, they he he came down and visited uh, 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 the Tulsa race massacre massacre uh, area. Nobody, no president has ever done that. Oh wow, and that thing goes a long way with black people. But no, that shouldn't go a long way. That. That that's that's nothing, okay. So we have to uh, definitely uh, start calling out these uh, type of people, you know, with with them just approaching us with just talk and lack of legislation, lack of reparations for what happened during the Tulsa Tulsa massacre. If you haven't ever seen any documentaries on Black Wall Street, I tell you some of the best ones are really PBS done a good one several years ago. Some of the best ones are actually on YouTube. Uh, you can find out uh, a lot of history about Black Wall Street, okay? And, they're, you know, they really don't actually know the number of people. They still think it's mass graves around, around in Tulsa that they have yet to find, okay? It was hideous. It was the first city where uh, a bomb was dropped on it, actually. So, you know, very interesting, uh, the story of uh, the Tulsa massacre and why not only black people deserve reparations because that wasn't the only city that that was done. That was one of the cities. You have cities like Rosewood and other black American successful towns that had to endure uh, horrible race things happening. Okay. So uh, uh, we really have to have serious discussions about reparations. Okay. Um, in other news, what else I wanted to talk to y'all about? Okay, the New York Post had something really interesting. Okay, yes, Bronx, New York is just, I don't know what y'all doing out there in New York. It's getting out the chain. What y'all doing in New York? I want to come visit, but I'm kind of scared now. What y'all got going on? You know, I would live, that's one of the cities I would consider, like, because I'm kind of ABV, so I would consider, like, thinking about, like, a, 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 like, you know, like a town that I would move move to or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But it's so busy and it's so hot. It's too expensive, but rent too damn high. <laughs> but I love that it's constantly in movement. That keeps me from getting bored because I hate boredom. I hate monotony. monotony. So, you know, so it's. You know, I can't stand it. I know y'all are like, what? Oh, I hate it. But, you know, I, that's one thing I do love about New York. New York has constant shit going on, okay? I love that shit, <laughs> right? But, okay, Bronx, listen, this is what it's getting crazy up in New York. It says, quiet Bronx neighborhood held hostage by alleged drug-dealing squatter. This is a story from the New York Post, okay? I don't know what y'all be having going on out there in New York. Okay, but y'all out, y'all be on some wild stuff, okay? But it says an alleged drug dealer and his cronies have hijacked a Bronx home, and the squatters are now terrorizing a once quiet area with dope deals, prostitution, loud music, and harassment of anyone who walks past their front porch neighbor's claim. I don't go to that corner. I'm scared, said one terrified resident who didn't want to be named. They do everything over there. They sell drugs. They do prostitution. The rundown shingle two-story colonial at 3059, oh, dang, they give them the address, Valentine Avenue in Jerome Park near New York Botanical Gardens was vacant until October when the squatters allegedly broke in and settled in. 
even restarting corn, a con ed service before the property manager noticed, sources and court records say. Life in the once peaceful community has been hell ever since, residents told the Post. The half a dozen or so squatters set up shop on the trash storm porch at all hours, smoking, smoking, catcalling, and insulting pedestrians, blasting music from a large amplifier, and drag racing motorcycles up and down the streets all night, sources said. Now, I don't know if they just, they said a lead drug dealers, because they could be just wild people over there, okay? But it says life in the, uh, uh, they said uh, prostitutes apparently strung out on drugs, hang out in front. And one neighbor claims to have seen a drug deal going down at Don, okay? Uh, they said they created a lot of havoc on the block since they got here, said the frightened resident. I suspect they're dealing drugs. I know they throw parties. They harass people. I have been harassed. I have been threatened, okay? Listen, let me just say this, okay? I don't know what y'all at, y'all, how y'all self doing at that area, but let me tell you, in 2021, y'all crazy as hell if y'all doing Nino Brown shit, okay? Because 2021 is very different from 1988, <laughs> okay? You have mass surveillance and a semi-police state. I know it don't look like it in New York because everybody's lacking right now. It's lacking right now. The police is lacking because of the defunct. There's a fun new police movement, and you got, uh, but you got, you got a city that is massively surveilled. You cannot get away with that kind of stuff anymore unless they want you to. So, uh, you know, I'm telling you, if y'all selling drugs at that house and doing wild-ish, they own to you. They just sitting over there watching you. And you know what they used to do? They've been doing it for years. And a lot of dealers, don't, they just put put cameras up on them on light posts and all kind of watch your ass for a long time. Y'all crazy. You can't do that kind. You can't do Nino Brown stuff in the middle uh, after in, in 2021. For real? <laughs> Y'all don't realize how big tech is, mass surveillance is. It's a new day, bro. I got to do something different. That's stupid. <laughs> okay, quit harassing people and get out there. They say, New York is going. New York is having a hard time right now. Like, crime is going. But can I say this? Can I just say this? Oh. <laughs> I hate to say it. Man, because, you know, I like a nice neighborhood. I like uh, people. You know, we like, like low crime. Don't nobody like crime. That's for real. I grew up in the hood. Don't nobody like crime, okay? However, and I say this, okay? New York was a lot more, it had a lot more flavor back in like the day, like in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> I can't love it. I mean, when it was ratchet, like, I hate to say that. When it was ratchet, it seemed like, like, like the, the, the last couple times I went to New York, it seemed very polished. <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but it was very polished. And I, you know, you like being able to kind of feel like ride on the subway safely, but at the same time, I'm not a subway girl. That's just not my life. I can't do it. <laughs> but however, I will say this. Uh, uh, it was, a, it seemed a lot, like a lot more things were being, it had a lot more flavor to it in that time. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I don't want y'all to have to go through ratchetness to get your flavor back. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to do that, okay? So, uh, yeah, 
terrible news. I hope it gets better, especially with all that high rent y'all paying. Last thing y'all should be having is people taking over the area with a bunch of drugs. That's crazy. Okay. All right. Also in the news this week, um, let's see you guys here. Okay. Uh, COVID-19. Tens of millions of Americans might not have had an adequate response to shots. Uh-oh. Every week is something different about these shots. I tell y'all, and part of the one of the reasons I say, I just say that I'm not against vaccines. All I'm just telling people is be very aware of what you have when you get the shot, what you have going on. Be very aware. Talk with your doctor about your options and things like that, okay? This is according to CNN. It says, uh, it was a beautiful March afternoon. Has June Tattleman walked her dog in her Boston neighborhood. She was flying high. Tatterman had recently received her second dose of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, and the end of the pandemic was finally in sight. Maybe soon she could play with her grandchildren and return to her volunteer work helping children in foster care. Maybe in a few months when her husband turns 75, they could go out to a restaurant to celebrate. You can still go out to the restaurant. Man, just, you know, wear your man or whatever you got to do, whatever they need to do. But please, can't wear restaurants. I don't even understand the mask and restaurant thing. Because people, when they're eating, is not wearing the mask. But I digress. Has she walked, and I think, you know, going to the restaurants for most most of the time, okay? says, has she walked, uh, she ran into her family's physician who cured her buzz very quickly. To treat inflamed blood vessels in her lungs, Tattleman 73 takes a drug that suppresses her immune system. Her doctor had been reading recent medical studies suggesting that the vaccine might not work well for some people taking medications like hers. He asked her to get a blood test to see if the vaccine had worked, if she had antibodies against the virus. She did the test and had no detectable antibodies against COVID-19. It was a total shock. Now, this is after she got the shot, okay? Her medicine, they saying, is the reason why it's not working. Tatterman was now full of questions for her doctor. Did her low antibody levels mean the vaccine didn't work? Should she get a third dose of the vaccine? Should she cut back on the drugs that suppress her immune system to give the vaccine a better chance of working? Was there anything else she could try to make a COVID-19 vaccine work for her? There's very little data to help Paddleman and her physicians answer the question. Millions of other Americans are also taking immune suppressive drugs that might weaken the effects of COVID-19 vaccines. And they find themselves in uncharted territory, scared with good reason, that their vaccinations might not have worked. If their vaccinations did not work, they rely on the rest of the population to get vaccinated. Now, of course, CNN's got to have that twist, okay? <laughs> CNN, you're funny, okay? Even if you don't think uh, you need to think about it. No, this is the very reason why you should think about it. Because they don't have, and this is my personal opinion, enough information, especially if you're a person who takes medication. They don't have enough Before she got the shot, that should have been told to her. Before she, 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 uh, we, we, there should be enough information at your local, and I always thought it was funny when the local doctors, your doctors wasn't getting these, like the flu shots privately so they could have a talk with you. Because it's very important, except for, instead of CVS and, 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 and all these Walgreens and places like that, you need to have a talk with your doctor about 
uh, that's why this, to me those shot vaccinations should be given at the doctor's office because doctors can have those real discussions with patients about their current state of how they're doing so they won't get a shot but that won't work right if they're taking a certain type of medication and they, they need to ask the questions of themselves of do if I have the antibodies already if I've already had COVID do I need a shot or this and that there's so much confusion out here and I think that some of the things that helps tie down the confusion is private doctors having that, you know, being the ones to disperse the shots. Not only that, and I understand why they were doing it like that at first, but now I don't. I see it more being a private doctor talking. And here's it: vaccines always get better over the years. Okay, remember when the flu came out? All kind of mess was going on with the flu. Don't let me go back in time. Okay, so you know the flu vaccine. But now it's become very good, a very good vaccine, very trustworthy. But at first it had a lot of issues. And so that, I don't, and the press keeps, to me, pushing people to take a vaccine that they don't know anything about that can affect their health or may not even affect them at all is ridiculous. And so we need more information. And I don't think it's wrong for people to ask for more information, okay? Instead of CNN and people like that pushing, well, that's why you need to get that. No, because what if the medication I'm taking will not, doesn't help me to help, it, it doesn't help. You know, so those are, those are questions I think, you know, that, that I think the system needs to be worked out a little bit. But this, it, I thought it was a very interesting article. You can read that on CNN about vaccines and how some people, it's, it's, some it's not working for because of medications they are taking. And those are very important uh, uh, things that you need to ask uh, your physician, okay? Uh, listen. I don't know how I feel about this next story that I've got to say. Because I like Tiffany Daddy. But Tiffany's had a, 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 a couple of, no, not a couple. Like a few bad movies. And they're saying, uh, according to Bossa, she's ready to run. Tiffany Haddish portraying iconic Olympian Florence, Florence Griffith Joyner in biopics. Critics cry track and field foul, okay? Uh, it says, um, Tiffany Haddish, and you know what? Listen, Tiffany does not give me that grace of Florence. See, this is so important because this is why it's important for real actors. Uh, I mean, oh, God, don't let me say that because Tiffany's an actress. But, I mean, what I mean by that is a hardcore thespian who's well-trained, someone like Florence, uh, Florence, because there was a certain air to Florence. And it's like Aretha. There was a certain, a certain kind of way she moved. It was a classical movement. And Tiffany Haddish does not give me that in none of her roles. Even when she was not supposed to be Tiffany Haddish, she showed up as Tiffany Haddish in every movie. So I'm concerned about her playing Flojo. I'm, I'm really am uh, Flo. Uh, Flo. Uh, I'm just really concerned about that. But they say in. Uh, I'm, I, I, she said, I'm looking forward to telling Flojo's story the way it should be told, said Haddish about playing Flojo via press release. 
My goal with this film is making sure that younger generations know my hero, Flojo, the fastest woman in the world to this day existed. And this is Tiffany, I think Tiffany's attempt because she hasn't been doing good in the comedy circuit. And a lot of times, to me, people, listen, let me just say this. A lot of comedians tend to do very well doing serious roles, okay? Comedians sometimes have that range. And I don't want to be mean because I be thinking I be mean and I be saying stuff to people. I really don't be mean, okay? I be really just trying to say stuff, the real thing. Tiffany has not been very funny in some of the last several movies. And the last couple of roles, she's, uh, where she's had a serious role, it hasn't been that great. And my personal opinion is that this might be an attempt to make her very serious. Unless she has extreme acting classes and stuff like that, uh, I think this is a bad idea. But, hey, she might shock me and surprise me. However, I think that um, Tiffany Haddish needs to, my personal opinion, is to start working small comedic, comic clubs again. Start getting her comedic chops up again. Give Flojo to someone else. But she needs to start to work her comedic chops and start to feel. Because I think Tiffany Haddish got pushed so fast into um, into being the comedic actress and they start wanting her for every role to act the same way that she that that maybe the her sense of creativity and the and you know this idea of making money and that's what's great let me stop you that's what's so great about the Hoffman story sidebar I'm gonna give a few spoilers here forgive me y'all still watch the Hoffman movie but it's, I mean, it's, a, it's somebody's life story, so shit, it's already a spoiler, right? Okay. <laughs> but one of the things I enjoyed about the Hoffman story is when you're overly branded. Uh, Hoffman was a great creative designer. And Hoffman lost his creativity when he began to be overly branded. I mean, he was just stretched. I mean, they were putting his names on everything from luggage. They was cheapening his shit. That's what I love about artists like Maxwell and Sade, because what I love, even though I talk shit about Maxwell making his record, making him and Sade, like, taking fucking forever to do a record, I really love the fact that he maintains his mystery. That shit's so sexy. It's not only sexy, but it's so, uh, it's very smart to do, because as a musical artist. I mean, sometimes it's very smart to pull back. You know, I think that's what happens to Beyonce. I believe Beyonce's people, I, I always said this, I never thought Beyonce's people believed in her. And so it was this sense of let's hit her, hit it while the iron's hot with her. She's a great performer. So we got to hit her on every tour. Fuck her music. You don't care if she doesn't have that great of music. I mean, the songs are okay and they little, uh, what is it? Uh, single ladies and all that little uh, the thematic or a little what is it you know what's the a little um, what's the better word for it a little like course uh, like kind of pop course thing or whatever just put her out here and I think Beyonce is trying to hold back now but she can't it's like it's overkill so it already happened you know what I'm saying and sometimes it cheapens the brand and, and, and people even though people Michael Jacksonized her because the media, that's what they do. Uh, you know, it'll never be Trade, though. 
you know, like are, 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 are in that rare company, like in the Maxwell's or the, sometimes you don't need to be all out there like that. Hawkson made so much money in the 80s, but he lost the creativity behind his name. And so this is what, to me, is the problem with Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish, I like Kevin, but Kevin is actually very funny. I'm not saying that Tiffany's not funny because Tiffany used to be damn funny. Okay? It's just that I feel like Tiffany, in a tip to make a whole bunch of money, started doing all kind of movies where she was the same person over and over again and only girl strip work. And she lost her creativity as a comic. And so to now try to switch over and to do a very serious role like Florence, even when she's been doing, she did a serious role in Mad with C.J. Walker, a couple other ones, she wasn't that great. And I think that maybe sometimes people need to sit back and observe. Like, it's not just about money, but you need to protect your brand and your name and say, hey, what is the thing that got me here? I remember when I was that girl in the breakfast club telling them that story when nobody hardly knew me about my service being like that or the funny shit like that. How do I reach that creative chick again who was funny? How do I get back to that instead of getting back to this person that's just making money and now I'm trying to jump over and play a role that might be too heavy for me because I'm trying to prove myself in a different venue instead of just doing the hard-ass work of getting back on the road in small venues and working out my comedic chops again and valuing my art, my artwork as a comedian. And then once I find my funny bone again, maybe I can find my serious bone. Now, the story of Halston ends up being that Halston lost his name. And Halston's name was on every damn thing. Now, and it, it was an interesting way he found his creativity again. But the, uh, the sad part was he didn't have his name. Okay? So uh, it's really important to always protect your brand and not let it be oversaturated. Okay, you can learn that from Max and Chardin. It's, it's, I, love, I always talk that about that on here. They're, they're the rare wine. Like, I, you know, I love the, like, I, I love the uh, people like Rochelle Farrell, rare wine. She doesn't have to be Beyonce. She's rare. Uh, 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 Rashawn Patterson, rare. I mean, just rare. You don't have to be popular. You're rare and you're special. And you're, you're that distinct, expensive wine. Not that cheap wine sold all over the store. I love it. Yeah, you might not make as much money. Has a cheap wine sold all over the store? Forget it. You're the rare wine. You're the real thing. It, there's a difference, okay? So that's what I say to Tiffany Haddish. I do not think she should play Flo Florence uh, Griffin during I could end up, I could be wrong on that, but I think her problem was not a problem of jumping to try to find my place, try to get them to like me again. Her problem is stopping, doing the work, the comic work of getting back into small clubs and trying out material. Because that was where your bread and butter, that's where you first start, okay? 
You know, you always have extremely funny guys like Eddie Murphy. Like, Eddie Murphy, extremely funny, okay? But in the 80s, he did too many movies. He even says, I mean, he did too much. He put his name way too much stuff. Some stuff wasn't even funny. So, you know, and he's been talking about it for a couple of years about getting back into doing stand-up, which I think Eddie is hilarious. So I think Eddie should. And, you know, that's where you exercise. Sometimes you need to go to these smaller venues and exercise that can be the stop for you. You know what I'm saying? And revisit the things that made you who you were. Okay. Um, in other news, yeah, that's what I'm going to talk to you guys about. Um, Naomi Osaka. She pulled out the French, uh, the French opening, and you know what? I'm proud of her for doing this. She needs to do that. That's what I said last week. Y'all thought I was being mean. I said last week. I said you need to take your ass out if you got a, a mental illness. You don't be needing to pay tip. And so I'm not a mental illness. If you got anxiety, you don't need to play. Cause you can't be saying shit like I, 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 I don't like they. They make me doubt. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and this, in my personal opinion on this, this is big. My personal opinion is, yes, I believe in anxiety and everything, but I hear a lot of press and everybody agreeing with her, and people are talking about doing DSD press conferences, changing the look of how we see athletes in press conferences, and it sounds very cold, very tech worldish, okay, because the tech world is coming into this idea of control and this idea that we're not interpersonal as humans anymore, but we're cold. Even intro, ex introverts need to have interpersonal interpersonal uh, uh, skills. It's important. I took a, a class on interpersonal skills years ago when I was in, in college. It's part of the reason why I did that. I and let me. I'm going to share something with you guys. Why I'm I can, I'm, I can be tough on it uh, and say stuff like that about Naomi Osaka has a child. Okay. I will share my personal thing with you guys, okay? As a child, I started having really bad headaches. They were a lot of my doctors thought there was some anxiety. I was going to psychiatrist for anxiety when I was young, probably five or six. Okay, um, and I went till I was like maybe a teen, right? And I still had those headaches every moon, okay? But anxiety runs throughout my family, okay? So. Uh, one day, I used to—I mean, I used to have anxiety so badly in high school. I would run. I just people would know what was going on, but I would run out to like when we got together in the auditorium for something, and I felt my the walls coming in. I'd run out the uh, uh, auditorium. <laughs> people didn't know. They thought I was just running to the bathroom, but I was really having anxiety attacks. Okay. And one time when I was at, I was working for Hallmark. One of the things we did, we had to go to this play, this particular play during the day, and I mean, it was. I mean, the room felt like it was closing and we were packed in the room. And, uh, I mean, everybody deals with anxiety different. People, humans are different in every way. So everybody doesn't deal with it the way I deal with it, okay? My grandmother did not believe in medication. She was like, hell with that. She ain't getting on the <laughs> So my grandmother always thought I should work, you know, work through my anxiety. You know, my grandma didn't work through her. <laughs> but that's a whole, a whole different thing. So, uh so I uh, I sat through this place. I sat through it being anxious, feeling like I was on fire, feeling like I should run out of there. And guess what? That shit went away. I did not have, I never had a problem. I mean, every now and then I'll have a, a panic attack, but not too much anymore because I sat through it. 
Okay, that doesn't happen for everyone, but I just say that. And I'm naturally an introvert. I'm naturally, y'all like, what? Carlotta. Yes, I am. I'm naturally very excited. I've told you guys on here a thousand times. If you see me out, you'd be like, what? She's totally different. <laughs> She's very, like, very, giving you guys very quiet, and scorpion vibes. I'm giving you guys my Gemini 11th house right now. <laughs> and my Sag, my Mercury is Sag, okay? But, uh, you know, I am very much uh, an introvert. Very much. And I'm more comfortable being, being an introvert. I am very antisocial. <laughs> right? But I make myself do the things that I don't like to do. I, and I had to start doing that when I was young. Okay? Making myself talk to people and everything. I was terribly shy since I was like 16 or 17. And I got I started dating a popular guy that was in school. And people started knowing me that way. Okay? And so... I had to learn how to have great interpersonal skills. People thought I was stuck out. <laughs> and so I had to learn how to be talkative more. And, and, and by the time I was 17, I just became woohoo, right? So uh, I just will say for people, I understand Naomi Osaka, okay? What I, what I said is what I said. I don't apologize for a damn thing, okay? I said what I said. When you are doing business and in the business world, it is important to have interpersonal skills. If you cannot fulfill your obligation, know that there could be consequences to that. But do take care of your personal and mental health. It is very important, okay? And I don't want the world to become a cold place because one person can't interact. I don't think we should have people speaking via Zoom. I love reporters talking one-on-one to another. That's how you fill a person out. That's how you begin to shape their story. You know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, to start having a world of coldness where uh, people are always speaking via Zoom, people are doing stuff, uh, uh, you know, recording stuff and just throwing it out. That's, you know, it's very cold to me. And especially when you're in a business, that is the entertainment business because entertaining requires you to have interpersonal skills. Not everyone, but most people if you're up front, okay? And if, you're, if you don't use those interpersonal skills, know that consequences will be allotted to that. That means that people can shape your story in the way they feel. You know what I'm saying? You know, how many people... How many artists have gotten their story shaped for them because they don't want to talk? Seriously. I mean, I mean, you know, they just, they don't want to talk. They don't care, and that's good. That's okay for them. Okay? But they don't want to share certain things. They understand the consequences to that, and I'm glad they do, and they don't complain about it. Okay? But artists have to get out there and share somewhat of themselves. Whatever you do, whatever art form you do. And I remember last week here in Lena Waits, and I, and I sort of talked about this, and, and Lena Waits said people don't understand there's a certain amount of anxiety that comes with it. Of course, because you're putting yourself out there, especially entertainers, right? And, you know, you have to be willing to look foolish. And people to say people, for people to say you being foolish, right? You know what I'm saying? People say all kinds of things, but that's the name of the business. And at the same time, when people can be mean and be, you know, cold and stuff, at the same time, you don't want to close yourself up from the world and the experience of living. You know what I'm saying? So to me, anxiety, in my personal opinion, 
And I know that you can be clinically diagnosed for a lot of things and all kind of, I get that, take your medicine, do whatever you got to do, or I'm telling you not to, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying to uh, uh, people is that we have to re- we have to understand where, I, my personal opinion, where uh, the root of anxiety and the root of anxiety is always fear. And the root of fear is always death, okay? So we have to sometimes confront what it is we're really afraid of and challenge ourselves because otherwise we'll start living in a, 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 a you know, a box. We'll become a, a very cold world. So that's just my opinion, okay? So one person said, I appreciate that Naomi took the time and she said, you know what, I'm going to just pull myself out. And she even said that she spoke, she shouldn't have spoke that with that. She, she, she wasn't clear in what she was trying to say. So she took full responsibility for that. And I, I'm glad she did that. And even though the press was still trying to sell, because the press is trying to sell technology. A lot of tech people have anxiety. And that is why they're antisocial. And that is why a lot of them, you know, that's why uh, it, COVID wasn't nothing to tell you to stay in your house. Like people, I'm not saying Foxy's antisocial, but I'm saying men like him, usually the MO on dudes like that, a lot of them grew up inside the house and all that stuff like that. Not everybody, but they, and they want, they see the world only through their scope, right? But you, you can't do that, okay? Uh, and so I'm glad Naomi said, let me clear it up. I need to withdraw because I don't need to be in this because I'm distracted. And she said that, and I thought that was wonderful, and I thought that was great for her to take responsibility for for saying something that sounded kind of irresponsible at first, but then she came through and explained herself, and she did the right thing for her mental health, okay? And she didn't force that on anyone else, okay? And that's what I think you should do. Like, if you can't fulfill the responsibility and you're having mental issues, a mental situation, definitely pull out. Your mental health is important, but you can't make other, you can't, when you're in somebody else's house, you can't make the rules. You can ask about the rules, but you can't make them. You know what I'm saying? You can ask them, ask about them. And, you know, but you can't, I hope y'all get what I'm saying, okay? Uh, when I come back, I want to get into, um, See, what else we got here to talk about? Uh, this, oh, we got to talk about future caller Michael B. Jordan, the lame out here, the nurse, the nurse, the full nurse. Okay, we're going to talk about Fallon Gudebay. Is it Gudebay? I don't know, but she's got an uh, upcoming tell all interview chat. It looks like it's good. It looks like it's real good, okay? She's doing a tell all interview. And last night I heard, I was watching Tasha K. And I saw Tasha K talk to the young man who's doing the interview. And he was saying that Fallon, it really surprised him. He was saying really nice things about Fallon, you know. And so he made me really want to watch the interview more, okay, because he was saying there may be some misunderstanding of Fallon. Because, you know, I know now Simon's been running around telling people she cheated first. And, you know, uh, here's the thing, okay. Simon reminds me of those type those them type of men type of men who can torture a woman like in time, I'm just saying he just reminds me. I'm not saying he is, but he gives off this vibe that he can be a constant cheater, constantly out here doing whatever the hell he wants to because he think he he think he got it like that because he got forty million dollars. And Fallon just went out and did you know responded in my opinion. 
Okay, so he he it's probably easy for him to say uh, these things about her and make her say, you know, well she cheated, but she cheated on me, and she's uh, so now the rumor is that uh, she's expecting a child, someone. Okay, so hey, either way, it's all bad. So we're gonna talk about that and a whole lot more on hot topics when I get back. Uh, oh, we got to talk about Kim Kardashian, too, breaking down, child. Kim, Kim, the writing is on the wall. Kim is on the stand out here. Kim is like, damn, did I waste my time? Oh, shit. Kim, Kim then broke down and started crying on the show. Kim had a Kim Kardashian on the last, and that looked like real tears. But it was Courtney. The, fit, the face that Courtney was giving on the previews, it was Courtney to me. <laughs> Courtney was looking like, what are you crying Courtney is a mess, okay? So uh, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, here is Ralph Trasman, Money Can't Buy Your Love. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment. Could never buy your love. No. I'm just wondering.
that's one of my favorite songs from my favorite artist. Y'all know my favorite, Janet. Can't be good. That is from, is that from Demita Joe? No, it ain't. It's not from, is that from Demita Joe? I can't remember what Can't Be Good from. Like a discipline. I can't remember. It's one of those. I don't think it's Demita Joe. It's like, what's Can't Be Good on? I forget which album Can't Be Good is on. Hmm. I forget. <laughs> But it's a Janet song. Well, that's a dope song, okay? It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I am back, and we are talking hot topics. Okay. Lori Harvey. I mean, you all, and we all had the one ex that was just like, you dated somebody, you just like, you just like, I mean, if it's not one, you may have a few, okay? That she just dated, she just like, he's a bum. I know, I, I wasn't thinking, right? And if you're in your 20s, you're allowed to have that. You know, you're allowed to have the bum. Right? And Lori, you know what I'm saying? Lori, Lori had to go through her little phase, okay? And she probably still, I don't know, you know, I'm hoping Michael B. Jordan and her, they look cute together. Okay, they seem kind of serious. But you got that one fool back there, you just like, can't do that. I know that's what Lori and Lori saying right now, okay? About future that. According to PinkZilla.com, Lori Harvey's ex-future slams her and boyfriend Michael B. Jordan in new song, Maybach, caused Black Panther star Lame. Lori Harvey's uh, ex-boyfriend, Future, recently released a new song, Maybach, in which he threw some major shade at, I don't know, is she a model? Can we say she's a model? Okay, y'all saying it. A model and even her current boyfriend, Michael B. Jordan, okay? She's very pretty. I think she's took some pictures. Can I call Lori a mom? I say fashionista, influencer. Can't hear like that. Okay? Lori Harvey, who has been in the news for famously dating Michael B. Jordan, was recently been, has recently been snubbed by her ex-boyfriend and singer Future. The rapper threw shade at Harvey with his new music. The 37-year-old 30, new single made by Future Lyrics. Tell Steve Harvey I don't want her Future rap. One thing I never seen was a bitch to leave. Sierra's like, that's a lie. <laughs> if you didn't know, uh, Future and Steve Harvey's daughter Lori dated for several months in 2020 before splitting up in August. After the split, Future is now dating rapper Destiora, and while Lori is in a relationship with Black Panther star Michael B. Jordan, while teasing his uh, new music on social media, the rapper shared a clip of himself singing some even saltier lyrics about Lori. He's saying. Must have forgot to tell her to tell her daddy she begged me not to leave, future rap. Put baguettes on your ankles, damn near up to your knees. <laughs> she didn't have a choice but to go fuck a lame after me. This is a man who has, as far as we know, 10 different baby mamas. How many children? Are we at 11 now? Are we at 11? 11. And he's calling someone a lame. And he's calling him a lame, you know. Lori Harvey's like, that kind of point is like, this I'm carrying on. I'm moving up. Lori, don't even think, don't even look at, you always got that one. You just like, ah! Like one, like you just like, why did I? He's the one. Lori, we all have these. Where you just like, damn it, I let this person know too much about my ass. Okay? It's okay. 
It's okay. Even if you did beg him not to throw the fuck. She's left now. She in good hands. Now, uh, you did her a favor. If she watched you leave, oh, you did her a favor. Because you're not, you not no part of being. Especially wait, Liza. What's the name of Liza Rain after his ass? Liza about to take it. Liza ain't playing over here in the street, but that's how it no, you know, you know, future women, this is the type of man you need to. That's why you have to study certain males, okay? Because even because sometimes if you don't stay with them, if you don't have, you know, you got to be careful because, you know, if you decide that you want to not have a relationship with them one day, you don't want them to make rap about you on a record or stop you or hurt you in some type of And that's why you have to be very pay attention to a person's character. You know, it's so important because, you know, it, you want to be, be able to, if you have to, if you if you stay together in a great relationship with somebody, great. But if you have to make a break, a clean break one day, there won't be someone looking outside your window pane, stalking you, or someone making harsh, going around town, talking bad about you. In this case, he's making records about her. And all kinds of things. So you don't have this type of bitterness. He is a male Scorpio. Male Scorpios can be petty as fuck. I've dated Scorpios. It wasn't good. Hey, I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth, everyone. I'm telling on my own side. Scorpio males, I'm... Just say my experience with dating men of the same sign as myself was not a very good one. To this day, I call one of my one of my exes who was who was a Scorpio. I say Lucifer. I call him Lucifer. My friends do call him Lucifer. <laughs> he doesn't know that, but we do call him Lucifer. Like, remember you say Lucifer? But you know what? There was a sense of let me tell you something. Dating another Scorpio, there is a sense of closeness. You have I know that Sierra probably felt that with him. There's a bond because you do understand each other. But Scorpio males are different than Scorpio females. They can be a different type of petty, like real petty. Like they can be real petty, real petty. My uncle, we burned on the same day. It was very different how we approach things. We're born on the same day. He's of it. We're the same. We can be very much alike, but very different. He's a male Scorpio. I see him sometimes as being extremely petty. <laughs> I do. I'm like, that's petty. You're petty. You're petty. Okay, so male Scorpios can be very petty, okay? Female Scorpios can be petty too, but usually female Scorpios are more like when we're in our dark, dark state, think Erica Minnow. Okay. Or loving hip hop, screaming at somebody. <laughs> That's when our emotions are out of control. Okay, we're 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 in the scorpion, and we have a phoenix up or eagle up. Okay, so you know, Lori Harvey, um, ignore this guy. You did a your whatever happened happened, and you know whatever however he left, however you left, 
If he left, he did you a favor. Thank him. Send him a box of chocolates and roses and say, thank you for leaving. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The mayor race is heating up in New York City. I've got a lot of people wanting to run for mayor out in the streets. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez backing Maya Wiley for New York City mayor, okay? Y'all have, I don't understand. Y'all should be voting her out of office. I, she is the most, one of the most unlikable congressmen to me in there, okay? And she's a lot of talk. You just talk. And it's all about being Democrat or Republican. But, she, you know, I just, if she endorsed it, I'd be second-guessing it. But it's saying, according to NewYorkDailyNews.com, it's saying Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ocasio-Cortez plans to endorse civil rights lawyer Maya Wiley for New York City mayor, multiple sources told the Daily News a Saturday. The firebrand lawmaker was expected to say Wiley is the best choice out of the eight major Democratic candidates running to replace Mayor de Blasio, okay? Wiley, who was vying for the progressive vote in June 22, uh, June 22nd race, was spotted speaking with Ocasio-Cortez at a city hall press conference in preparation for uh, an announcement. Ocasio-Cortez had, an early, had earlier suggested she might not take sides in the crowded race for Gracie Mansion, okay? The endorsement is a major boost for Wiley, who is hoping to build late momentum and vote, which is just two weeks away. Okay, New York, you got so much to think about. There's so many lanes running for. I mean, so many people running for uh, lanes. Did I say lanes like future. So many people running for a mayor. You just have to pick. This is the lesser of all the evils. Is that what you guys do nowadays? Okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, also in the news, Kim Kardashian says she feels like a failure amid relationship troubles with Kanye West. Okay, no, a divorce. Okay, this is according to People Magazine. It's saying the Kardashian-Jenner clan has filmed their final family vacation to keep it up with the Kardashians. But Kim's relationship troubles with Kanye West had her starting off the trip on the wrong foot. Okay, because remember, you're going to see the divorce play out on the show this. Uh, this season, okay? So during Thursday's episode of the reality show, the second last ahead of next week's series finale, Kim Forty walked into the family's vacation spot on Lake Tahoe and immediately directed her anger at a plate of cookies in the kitchen, okay? Did I say, did I not say no to these cookies? Like, they have to be taken away. I've gained 15 pounds. Like, this is a joke. I'm going to throw them in the toilet, she said. But I felt like, I don't know. Then control yourself, Kim, because I like those, says, Kendall, says those sister Kendall Jenner replied. No, I cannot eat them. I'm not joking. <laughs> Kim said, has Khloe Kardashian 36 advised, let's not start by complaining. Where is my room? I just want to go to my room and never come out, Kim said. Okay, she's really showing out for the cameras. Kim has been struggling privately behind cameras about her relationship, and it's tough because Kim is clearly redirecting so much of her frustration and sadness and anger. And, you know, sometimes you just take things out 
on something that has nothing to do with what you're going through, Chloe said in her confessional, referencing Kim and Kanye's struggle. It's not the cookie's fault. At the time of filming, Kim and Kanye, 43, were still together after weathering a tumultuous year that included rappers' unsuccessful presidential run, rumors of divorce, and more public drama. Okay, um, let's see, do we got the clip? Okay, let's see if we got the clip of her crying. I don't know. I'm trying to see if we got the clip here. Uh... I don't know if you have a clip. No, I think we had a clip. Okay, I wonder if they had a clip, but she says, um, she continues, I, uh, she says, um, I honestly can't do this anymore, she said through the tears. Why am I still in this, like, place where I'm stuck for years? Like, he goes and moves to a different state every year. I have to be together so I can raise the kids, you know? He's a Gemini king. And he's an amazing dad. He's done an amazing job. That doesn't mean all Geminis move, but Geminis do tend to take, you know, they're Geminis. They're an air sign. They're, you know, they go with the flow, the wind. <laughs> she's a legal, but she's tired of the bullshit, right? I think he deserves someone who can support his every move, go follow him all over the place, and move to Wyoming. I can't do that. He should have a wife that supports his every move and travels with him and does everything. I feel like a fucking failure. That's it. Like, a third fucking marriage, Kim added. Yeah, I feel like I'm a fucking loser, but I can't think about that. Like, I want to be happy. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> she is right. She has had three failed marriages. Not, we haven't even mentioned probably all the relationships. Okay. Um, and you know what? Listen, I actually feel kind of bad for Kim on this because – you know, nobody, to go through any kind of divorce is hideous, but to go through three of them, and then this third one where you decide that you're going to have children, right? She's had a host of kids. She's got, her life has tremendously changed. She's had four children, and to now find that marriage is a failure is probably just like, whoa. Because not only does she just have to get back out here with just herself, you have babies that are now coming with you, and you've had babies that are part of this union with this man who now, who now, who to me was is not very different than when he was when you married him, because he was starting to. You can see he was a wild child then, but she didn't take that in consideration, and uh, now. She's finding herself in this strange place. Like, wow, I'm going to be out here with mother of four, no longer Kim Kardashian, single Kim Kardashian, but now a mother of four who was married to Kanye West. And that's very difficult waters to, uh, uh, to uh, navigate, and especially when you're older, okay, because now you're 40-something, okay? Is this 40-something now or something like that? Okay. I would say this I admire. It's very brave to do because most people would have probably tried to stay in it because they're like, I got four kids, I ain't gonna. But if you're not, I'm not saying happy because happy is not a good word. If you're, if you don't, if you and him are no longer going in the same direction, 
and your partnership no longer uh, reflects, even if you love each other, okay, because you can very much love someone, but the partnership no longer reflects uh, uh, where you want to go as individuals, and you can't seem to get there together, okay? Uh, that happens. There's plenty of people who love each other and divorce, okay? A divorce is a, is, is, is a horrible thing to go through, uh, but people do it. And uh, Kim, I think she's saying, hey, I, I can't do this because she's off on some other thing. And I don't, I'm not equipped to be this man's wife, and I would agree with her. I don't think the machine, she, she, I think Kanye married a machine, and he didn't understand it. And to marry Kim Kardashian, you have to understand you're marrying a machine. And to marry Kanye West, you have to remember you're marrying a machine. And you have to very much understand those machines. And if you don't, then it's not going to buy out good, okay? So I feel sad for her. I know y'all surprised I'm saying that. But no, I do. I do. And I, I understand that. I understand. She's still very beautiful, though. But it does change with four children. It does change being older. Uh, I don't want you to listen to these nuts out here, these men. There are a lot of men out here. Let me just say this, okay? Because I listen to some of these shows, and some of these guys I actually think say certain things that are very good. But some of these men who say things to older women like, uh, you didn't know all. You're no longer this that after 40-something years old, and uh, the best you can do is such and such, such and such. Some of these men are horrible because they don't understand some of these, and it's not horrible. Some of them are saying something horrible. They're not horrible. They're saying something horrible because you don't want to encourage any woman to stay in a relationship, especially abusive relationships or anything like that, uh, by telling her something like that. Uh, I think it's very brave what Kim is doing. I'm not saying that Kanye is abusive, but I'm saying that she's found herself at a place where her and Kanye are no longer, you know, Valuable. Now, she does have to have a realistic view that after 40 and with four kids, it's going to be a different vibe out here in the dating scene. However, I don't, I don't like these men who are telling women these certain types of things like, you know, you, you can only do this after a certain age. You can only do this and, you know, and blah, 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 or blah, 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 and you're this and that. I actually almost think it's such an insecurity with them getting older because they're, I think a lot of men are so intimidated that older women are starting to look more and more younger, a lot of them. And they're not easy for them to attain as much anymore as they were. So the thing is to beat them down, right? But um, I don't want to beat Kim down because I understand that that's a very hard thing to do. And I really believe she's a fear. I really believe she's sad. And I believe that what got Kim in this is not reflecting on who she was. I think Kim had a hell of a ride has a, 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 a reality star, and she never stopped to think about what that means to who she was as a person. Like she never stopped to think after Ray J. She never she got pushed into a narrative to sell this Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and this probably pushed her into making very bad decisions. They look like good decisions to us because she'd be making money, but they may be very bad for her mentally and spiritually, and because she's a beautiful girl, you know, there may have been too much of a push to depend on beauty 
You know what I'm saying? And to think that you're supposed to be a certain thing in a certain way, right? Um, what can I say on this? I'm trying to figure out how I want to word it. So I had a way I want to word it for y'all. But this is what I'll say for a woman like Kim Kardashian. I really hope that Kim takes the time to find herself now. I mean, you know, and, 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 and she doesn't have, you don't have to be a lawyer, Kim, for people to take you seriously. But you, I do think you need to reestablish who you are and rethink who you are because I think you've been selling whole dreams for so long that sometimes you enter around the selling of whole dreams to, with yourself, like, and there's a loss of self. And so I think as a woman, she needs to redefine herself, refine herself as a mother. That's why she's doing such strange things. Like she was taking pictures, like out taking pictures in a bikini and studying. It looked that it, it, it was reeking of desperation because the reason why is because that's what her whole thing and her vibe has been built on it, right? And uh, and Kim is still very beautiful. Kim still slays all of us. No offense to none of them, but she still slays all of y'all. She's bad. But at the same time, uh, I think Kim needs to find herself outside of the beauty. Like, who is Kim? Like, who are you? And what else do you have to give to the world besides looking good? Like, you know, and besides, you know, some something with the, you know, trying to get people out of jail, I, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know that I believe that's really. It may be her. I, I'm not saying it's not. It's a it's a it's a worthy cause, but really connecting to something else that really is you, and that could be something as flimsy as maybe a fashion house or some whatever you have passion for. It doesn't have to be something big like getting people out of jail or helping the homeless and all that. Sometimes it's whatever you connect to that really states about you, and so I I, I feel like this is where Kim Kardashian is at, and that I hope that during this time as the show goes off and she redefines herself that she 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 can reintroduce us to who that person is because I think she'll be free of the constraints of keeping up with the Kardashians. And now she can give us something different. I don't know if she knows how, but she's gonna have to because you're not gonna sell yourself out here to these men all right. I mean, not that you have to have a man, but you ain't going to sell yourself out here to a, 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 a guy who is a great guy by, with old Kim Kardashian in it because people look at that as washed up and washed through. And that's why she's crying, because she's upset, because she sees, fuck, I've had three fucking failed marriages. She didn't even mention the relationship, okay? What am I going to do? And I got these babies. And I can't fulfill what Kanye needs me to be. I, this is this is the biggest failure. And it is a failure. And I think that, you know, you got to take it like that. It is what it is. It's okay. And it's okay because people fail. It happens. That's a part of the human experience. So, yeah. Y'all, I know y'all surprised I said something nice about Kim. Y'all like, oh, God. No, yeah, no, I actually feel, I really do feel sorry for her. I really do. But I love, uh, I, 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 I love, um, 
what could be ahead for her if she uses it in the right way. I mean, she could really do some different things if she really finds herself in time. Okay. And you know who's a good person to look at for that? And I, I don't know if I can really, can I really use this person? I don't know if I can really use her. I'm a user for me. Tina, Tina, Tina knows who's now Tina Lawson. It's Tina because Tina was married to Matthew for years. She's Beyonce's mama, and you know how do you come up from out of the shadow of being married to Matthew, who is a to me the best thing. To me, Beyonce's career was a thousand times better under Matthew. I think Matthew was set. even though Matthew, I don't think he had had as much faith in her either. I think Matthew knew where her bread and butter was. And he tried to sell it off as that. But at the same time, I think Matthew did a better, he took the time with her. He didn't want to uh, mass produce her. I think now she's, you know, I think, you know, because he's her father. And I think Matthew was a great business guy, even though, you know what I'm saying? So, but coming out from the shadow of Matthew and, and your two daughters to, you know, being married all those years to this man and then finally saying, you know, this is not going to work. I'm sure it felt like a failure. And then, you know, to remarry. Look, she's remarried. The founder says she's just happy. She has a great time. She's up there flexing. Miss Tina, not Miss Tina. I will hurt you about that one now. She be Miss Tina be on there and be like, you look good. Miss Tina like her from that one. Miss Tina, we will, I will fight an old lady. <laughs> no, but I love that about her. That's like the reinvention of herself. A little bit. So I said, Kim's not her age, but you can look at someone like her and kind of get the idea about reinventing yourself after coming out from such a big, huge overshadow, like a shadow coming out from under a big, huge uh, shadow cast like Matthew. You know what I'm saying? So very interesting, okay? Uh, Fallon, and, and keeping up with the Kardashians, because Kim is not only getting a divorce from Kanye, she's also ending a very major part of her life which is keeping up to the which is keeping up with the Kardashians. So at the same time this thing is dying in her life that has fed her for so many years and her marriage is ending. So that's very that's pretty big, okay? But I don't know, I keep hearing they're gonna come on Hulu. <laughs> so I don't know if it's really ending or not, but you know, we'll see. Okay, it says Fallon uh Fallon drops Trailer for upcoming tell-all interview and Simon responds. Let's start with who she cheated with and and currently pregnant for, okay? Uh, It says, this is according to Madame Norway. It says, uh, uh, let's see here. Posted around an hour ago, Fallon Gubadayo, this was yesterday, uh, that in a soon-to-be-released interview, she'd be candidly discussing, um, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, uh, she'd be uh, currently discussing her side of the drama between her and her estranged husband, Simon Gubadaya, who's now engaged to her real housewives of Atlanta co-star, Portia Williams. Simon doesn't get caught unless he wants to be caught, Fallon, her telling Adam Neville. Newell, the man who interviewed her in the trailer that dropped earlier, uh, early on June third, and one clip she mentions, I meant what I what I said when I took my vows. It hurts. It hurts like hell. 
seemingly speaking on Simon and Portia's recent engagement. In another, uh, she shares, I love hard. I, I love really hard. And she dabs tears away from her eyes. On Instagram, the Real Housewives of Atlanta season 13 movie shared the trailer with the caption that read, My Truth. Uh, so, yeah, she's saying, I've seen the, uh, some of the clips. It looks like it's going to be uh, really, really interesting. It looks like Adam did a really good job uh, in talking with her. Uh, but it says, in response to her post, Simon shared the trailer on his Instagram account with the caption that reads, the face of a cheating wife. Let's start with why I filed for divorce. Let's start with who she cheated with and currently pregnant and living in a home I paid for post-divorce. His Instagram handle is, it's at Jalen Bates. And this is how your generosity gets twisted. Let's get started there. Following up on Simon suggested at its screen, it's on site screen grab video. At Jalen Banks posted on his account of him on, on vacation in the Dominican Republic of 27 weeks ago. In caption, he wrote, this was my first experience outside of the country. I'm very grateful for my friends. And then he put, uh, I, I am Simon Gubadaya and I Simon Gubadaya for bringing me along with them and showing me that there are better things in life. Okay, listen here. This is starting to get real messy, okay? So she's saying that she cheated. cheated with a family friend. I don't know. Listen here. I don't know. And see, 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 here's the thing. Women like Fallon, I don't believe, sometimes, yes, they could be cheaters because she's younger, she's very much pretty and everything like that. But Simon, I believe your ass is a whole ass trip. I look at you and tell you are a whole ass trip. And I think last night I was listening to somebody, was it Apollonia? I think she did a thing on him or was it, no, it wasn't, or was it, was it uh, her or Rabina? I think Simon, is Simon a Gemini? Uh-uh. You know, he could be a whole ass trip. I don't know what he is, but he he just looks like to me. He looks like to me that he's a player. And he probably expected her not to play back, but she did. Now, her mistake was being messy. First of all, don't play back on somebody fouling. I'm going to just be honest with you. I ain't cheating. I ain't, I ain't cheating. 40 million? I, I'm, listen, if you're going to mess up something, if you're going to act out, be out here acting up in these streets, like I said about David Cooper Smith, the one mistake she, the one thing she made, first of all, if you're going to be out here cheating because somebody else is cheating on you or whatever, first of all, I say don't do that. You're going to get the divorce, okay? But if you're going to be out here being messy, don't be messy with somebody who ain't got it. But you can be messy with somebody who ain't got it. Cheat up. Don't cheat, cheat up. Uh, listen, but no matter what, Simon, I don't believe you're innocent in this at whatsoever. And dating Portia, Portia, I don't, that still doesn't make me feel any better about your punk ass. Because no matter if he cheated on her, you still was in her house pretending to be her friend. I had some shit like this happen years ago. I had a friend. Okay, this, I feel bad. I'm going to tell the story. Okay. I ain't going to say that much. Okay. But I had a friend. My friend felt some sort of way. She was engaged to this guy. And my friend brought, uh, my friend, I, I, and her and the, my friend, listen, my friend at the time was no good. Okay, she wasn't, she was good trying to choose between him and, she wasn't, it wasn't that she was no good. She was just young and confused. She was trying to choose between, between him and another guy. He's back and forth all the time and stuff to this particular dude, okay? 
And so I had a girlfriend, and I brought my girlfriend, a friend of mine, they used to meet each other because we were going somewhere together. And I brought her to her house. She said it was okay. Everybody was getting along and talking. My friend was talking and everything like that. She talked about her relationship, talking about everything like that. I didn't tell her to talk about her relationship. You must down the line, the friend friend that I bought to this particular thing ends up dating the one of the dudes that she was choosing between. And it's, it ended up being a whole mess, okay? I mean, really a funky-ass mess, right? Where I even, you know, I, because I, my long-term friend, of course I'm going to choose my long-term friend, you know, but I would tell my long-term friend, hey, you know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't that close to friends. But she's like, no, she's sitting in my house. She's talking to me and shit. She's hearing shit. Yeah, that's not right. And I had to agree with that, even if it was kind of casual. But it ended up being a very messy situation. It's just messy when you do shit like that. Portia, you brought her on to Real Housewives of Atlanta, and you you pretended to be her friend. And I don't really think this dude, listen, the way this dude, if he did her bad like that, Portia, you know your ass, okay? I'm just saying to you, be very careful with this guy. I don't think this guy, and I think he he's nothing to play with, okay? I this is this is I wouldn't be. Of course, if it's working for you. Mm-mm. There's lots of other ways to get money. Okay, some shit ain't working. No peace of mind and everything else because Portia, when the way he's doing her, when he get done with you, he'll do you the same way, baby. Okay, even if she was a cheater. Okay, whatever. I don't think she was just a cheater alone, okay? And, you know, Tasha K kind of already proved that when she brought that girl on the show, allegedly, the other girl he's messing with, with why he was messing with you. So he got a pattern. Okay? So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I just think, you know, I I actually kind of uh, feel for her, but if she is pregnant, and everything, if I'm her, I'm just going to quietly accept my settlement if Andy has a peach for me for my storyline, you're going to need some money, girl, if the settlement ain't real big, if I'm fouling, and I will quietly go away because you are pregnant by another man, and especially if it's a man who's a friendship that you and your husband had, you, y'all had with somebody else, and especially if somebody your husband had to bring outside, like he sounded like he couldn't afford to come outside until y'all so come outside of his place and say, y'all showed him outside. Nah, I ain't, ain't nobody messing with the pool, boy. What is going on here? What is wrong with you girls? Mess with the pool. But that happens a lot with women who are mistreated in relationships with wealthy men. They end up dating somebody lesser than them. I don't know if they're trying to insult that man or whatever, but it's just, you know. Mm-mm. I always say, girls, what are you doing? She's just a pool boy. I want y'all. Anyway, especially get pregnant by him. But Fallon is how old, so she may be at a point where she really wants a kid. And a lot of women, when you want a kid, you know, you know what I'm saying? I still say be careful who you bring a kid in the world with. But I understand having a kid at a certain age when you're not married. I do understand that. Uh, because, you know, some women. But I say still be very careful because you still have to have family women, okay? Um Wow. But this is very interesting. The interview supposedly dropped June 10th. 
okay? So, you know, I don't know. He said the last night on uh, Tasha K, he said he's, the reason why he is going to drop t- June 10th is because they have a lot of editing and some things to do. But and he just, you know, he basically like the anticipation of it all. So uh, I don't know if I'd wait that long, but I'm excited to see hear the interview. Okay, because today, you know, June 10th, what is it? What's today? That's like four or five days away. I mean, you know, we made to get it all about this. You know, you got in social media time, you got dropping wild hot. <laughs> okay. Uh, white foster mom charged in medical abuse of a, a black foster child. White mom, foster mom accused, this according to news1.com, uh, accused of t- medical child abuse after investigators uncovered mistreatment of adopted black da- daughter. Okay? It says over the last few years, Hollywood has dove into stories about mothers who suffer from new, uh, new child syndrome by proxy, a disease where caretakers of children often create fictitious symptoms and disorders in order to maintain the child's dependence. In Renton, uh, Washington, a white foster mother who was charged with second-degree assault of her black six-year-old foster care daughter, in addition to second-degree attempted assault of a child, once investigators revealed that she she was fabricating symptoms resulting in uh, strenuous procedures and surgeries. Investigators uncovered a dark and disturbing case in which the foster mother, 31-year-old Sophia Hartman, made her daughter undergo unnecessary medical treatment by medical professionals as a result, 213 News reports, okay? It says Hartman's daughter was diagnosed with with AHC, which results in random paralysis attacks on different portions of the body. The disease, however, was diagnosed on the basis of Hartman's report to medical professionals regarding her daughter's symptoms. The care team later told detectives that the child did not have the disease. So was y'all treating her before y'all looked into it? Treatments included at least 500 medical appointments, which included the implantation of a feeding tube, a cestostomy or whatever. I don't know if I'm saying it right, too. Use the administrator, an enema, leg braces, and placement in a wheelchair. Court documents show that the child underwent procedures, even though the doctors forewarned Hartman that the treatments were unnecessary. But they did tell her. In 2000, they shouldn't even treat her, though. You know that it's it's unnecessary. Don't treat her. Tell her no. In 2019, the child's care team launched an investigation into Hartman and uh, authored a letter which stated the pattern of parental requests for increasingly invasive procedures based on undocumented symptoms reported by a parent, which they categorized the risk related. Like the disturbing story depicted in Hollywood, Hartman used her daughter's fabricated diagnosis to warrant attention as a subject of a different Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know what? She ain't got no money. You see, they already trying to give her a disease. Uh-uh. This, this woman was just, in my personal opinion, I'm going to stop right here. Was just using this child to have Make a Wish Foundation, probably make some money, probably have. Let's see, it's a white woman. See, we always talk about these. I'm no offense because we got to watch. You got to watch all adopt people, foster parents, and adopt the parents. 
But especially with sometimes a lot of these racial adoptions, you really got to watch because there has been several stories. It's just a story you may come on, I think, with the IV channel about the two women that was raising them black, all those black kids, and ran off that cliff and killed themselves after allegations of abuse to those black children, okay? You got to watch. So people got a lot of racial issues in the back of their head and stuff, and they when they adopting these black kids, and they use them for experiments and shit, make a wish foundation, and saying they said, you got to watch it. This is a crazy story. Now, they trying to give her Munchausen's disease. No, was it Munchausen's what's it called? Disease? No, I don't believe she got no disease. She got the disease of make a wish. She was trying to get attention. Okay? So, uh, very sad. It's sad that the child had to go through something like that. Okay? So, you have to always be very careful with those situations. Okay? Um, what else is next here that I want to tell you guys? We get to Tiffany. We talked about Tiffany Haddish. Okay, now there's been a rumor, okay, about Diddy and Miami. I hear, okay, holding hands. So people saw them a picture of them holding hands together this week or something like that. She released a picture. They look good together, by the way. You know, I actually like that look for Diddy. I like her for Diddy, but a girl like her might be too hard for Diddy. But I actually <laughs> like the look. Uh, uh, like like her, like them together. I, but I, I don't know if I buy it, but I actually do uh, did like them together, okay? So I'm not going to talk much on that yet because I'm not sure if that's a real relationship out in these streets, but uh, they did look good together, okay? Uh, ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez is just like, they are milking this newfound relationship, okay? And Jennifer... I would not be bothered with Ben Affleck, okay? I, I, You know, I've been saying this for the longest. Ben Affleck's career is on the down trajectory. When he was up, he ain't even got rid of you. I know he stayed with you a couple of years, but it was like an uncomfortable couple of years before. Now, his career is going down. Now, all you see, you see him everywhere with you. Everywhere, and it's certainly a resurgence of Ben and Jennifer. Jennifer, and as you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm tired of it because I actually think this guy is Jennifer. I don't think he's good for you, but you know what? It says Jennifer Lopez, just according to Fox News, and Ben Affleck can realize their natural attraction to one another is more apparent than ever before. Uh, yeah, right. A source tells Fox. The former engaged couple have turned heads since reuniting in April, following Lopez's split from former Yankees baseball pro Alex Rodriguez. A source tells Fox News the two are, are set on leaving their past behind them. They are looking forward to what the future holds. Now, this is interesting to me, Jennifer, because you have two children who were very close to Alex's kid. Last week, I was talking about how fast Jennifer Lopez moves, and when you get at a certain age, you got to move fast. But when you have two children that are in their teen years, and they were very close to the other man's family and his kids, I think you have to be very careful with jumping in the sack. With another, I mean, jumping in another relationship real quick with another man, because you do have two underage children still at home. Like, you need to calm your ass down. That's basically what I said. Maybe she needs a break. You know, like, maybe you need to, like, remember I said to Kaylee, Holly Berry, Holly Berry, I was like, shut down the coochie shop. Sometimes you got to shut down the coochie shop because you give, the coochie shop, is you selling too much. I mean, you're giving 
I mean, you're doing too much. Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez needs to shut down the coochie shop. I mean, she's really out here, like, that she's jumped from being, first they were saying Lenny Kravitz, she was messing with Lenny Kravitz, allegedly on the set, and she's working on this movie. Now, suddenly, it's been Affleck around these streets. I mean, this, Jennifer, you do have underage children, and you do need to rethink. And plus, I think this guy, I really think Ben Affleck is looking for a resurgence in his career. Yes, I know he plays Batman. So what? His career has been on the down trajectory since he divorced Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, what's her name? Jennifer Anderson. What Jennifer Anderson? What's the other girl? Jennifer, what's the other girl? He's married. Jennifer, I forget the girl's name. But the, uh, it's a lot of Jennifers out there. But come No, and then you know what? He's the type I think that you will see in a few years if she's single. That Jennifer, the other Gardner, Jennifer Gardner, if Jennifer Gardner's still single and still interested in him in some ways, he will get back with her and live out the rest of his life because she's single. I, Jennifer, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that he's serious about you. It is what it is. Okay. I really don't. I don't think Jennifer. I don't think he been Affleck is serious about Jennifer. Girl, uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez. I he likes a lot of he likes Jennifers, <laughs> but I don't think he's very serious. I think uh, I think she might end up hurt here. Right. Um, it is what it is. Okay. So okay, I think we got a caller on the line from three one four. So I'm gonna see if he can keep. Hey, 314, you're on the line with Kiki Show. Hello, Carlotta. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I thought it was you. Yeah, it's Pianchi. You know, <laughs> you read that story about the foster child. You got that yeah. there with you? Read that again. I want to describe uh, the lady. Oh, I just, I, just, I just deleted it. But her. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. They think she has month housing. What is that? Oh, it's more uh, challenges. They, you know, you, no, basically she has a disease called Munchausen disease where I guess she she fake uh, where they I guess they fake talk talk about kids having their children having uh, certain symptoms when they really don't have them and they make them work on I guess it's some sort of uh, medical diagnosis or problem they have. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, so, you know the thing about the news that that I hate is the way they go about describing people in order to spur on emotion and hype amongst the readers. Yeah. Like they mentioned her being <clears throat> mentioned her being white and that the child being black. That was totally unnecessary. Because uh, now that's putting a shadow on whites taking black kids in as foster children. Whereas blacks don't take in black children as foster children themselves. And I can attest to it at the Annie Malone orphan home there in St. Louis. Those Mm -hmm. kids will stay in that home from say 10 to until they grown. And it really, and then you do have, you have black families that adopt, or should I say take 
white kids in as foster, and you have whites that take blacks in as foster, and everything works out just beautiful. I think those are the ones that be should be more concerned of as people that is doing something for children. I've never been a foster child, but I can imagine how that is, that you're in a foster home, and everyone comes in to take somebody, but they leave you. Could you imagine how mm-hmm. that feels? Mm-hmm. What's going on in that child's mind? And they get up and yeah. look in the mirror and look at the clothes how, that they put on and that their hair is neat and wondering why. So these news services, they use the descriptive of people based on skin color. That is just deplorable, I think it is. And sometimes well, I, I, it may I, I, be I, I, necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with you. I agree with you, but I also think that why a lot of times, and I've seen this with my own like friends who I grew, grew up with. I even have a friend who is Asian, and she grew up with, uh, they adopted her from an Asian country. And her white parents admitted that they kind of were selfish and not teaching her anything about Asian culture or Asian, and, you know, anything about, you know, a, they because they were kind of, she kind of got grew, grew up in a white country. So I think sometimes white people, the only thing about them is they make the mistake of not uh, making sure they have a diverse group when they raise a child of another race. And I think this is the same thing with black people. If you're going to raise a child of another race, you definitely have to be diverse. Include your start to expand your your group. You know, and in Hollywood, it became such a trend for uh, women to uh, a lot of black people. To, I mean, white people to adopt black children. But a lot of times, what ends up happening, what we've seen in Hollywood, and which is a little wild to me, like like uh, the girl from South Africa. I forget her name. She uh, Charlize Theron. Her son is like seven, eight, or nine wearing dresses. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, like, yeah, I've seen that. Like, yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, and it's sort of like, yeah, and, and, and so I'm, I'm, sometimes I wonder if there is some racial innuendo. Would you raise your, if you had a white young man, would you raise him like that? You know, like, but then you have people like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, who they say are good parents, but now they are in court fighting. So I don't know, you know? Well, it's all kind of people ways. out there. It is. There's all sorts of people out there, and uh, at, uh, you know, you really don't know how to. It goes on in many different cases. For instance, like this Tulsa uh, commemoration that they have. Yeah. And they and see, blacks like to claim anything that's not lily white as black. And you, they talk about that incident in 1921. But a lot of those people were McCovey Creeks, the Indian tribe, because that was Creek territory. It was it was Oklahoma didn't become a state until 1907. Right. And that incident occurred in 21, so it was 14 years. And I'm doing some investigation, but I know that uh, a lot of those people were of uh, the Crete Indian tribe who had came well, there. You know, the rumors because, are is because a lot of blacks got, a lot of black, you know, Indians were, one, you know, because a lot of people don't understand that Native Native Americans own slaves. 
And so a lot of black, some black people were given certain statuses as Native Americans, but they were still, it was still a majority of black people. Like my, my grandmother on my, my dad's side uh, is, uh, is Cherokee, but that's because she was, she was half Cherokee, but also the, uh, she, she was able to get something, some, you know, certain things going towards her, the Cherokee origin because, the tribe recognized her, but that doesn't happen. She had much. to prove quantum. She had to prove yeah. quantum yeah. Uh, Cherokee, and, and they probably yeah, require you to have fifty percent blood at least. But right. the and thing is, pictures, is that they have pictures and stuff like that. They have her history, and stuff. so she was able to do things. It's hard to do that, but that's how that was able to. Well, the you Creek know. expelled blacks in nineteen seventy nine out of their nation. Yeah. Than mm-hmm. other than yeah, the ones that were, been. because if you were if if uh, you was the, the child of a Creek woman, what mm-hmm. automatically made you a Creek. Now they had right. slaves, but the government bought them back and required them to let them go, and they became freemen. The freemen right. society existed in uh, uh, the freemen society. Dissolved in 1906, the bureau. And, right. and some say it went on just a little bit longer. But anyway, right, uh, right. those and you'd be surprised. <clears throat> it was the Chickasaw and Mississippi Chickasaw, and several others. They say they wasn't going to release their slaves because it was their property, and that the government would have that. to buy them yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know. Uh, kind of ignore Native Americans um, that Native Americans did participate in the slave trade. I mean, uh, yeah, same and, thing and with Juneteenth. You celebrate yeah. Juneteenth? Well, Juneteenth, uh, Lincoln couldn't make them release no slaves because they was a separate country. Right. But they right. did come along and release them a year later. I think the, right. the Creek released theirs on June the 14th rather than right. June the, uh, 1866, a year later. But uh, yeah, anyway. some people stayed in slavery to like was it like two years up afterwards? They didn't know like for like two years. So, well, yeah, yeah regular. Mar- I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. I think like Missouri was one of the last. Uh, wasn't it one of the last states to even the Missouri was like one of the last uh, states to even let go? I mean, it's a very interesting history. Well, I agree the Missouri, with you. Missouri was never one of the ones that seceded. Before okay. that, in the 1700s. Uh, down, uh, you had slaves leaving, uh, escaping from uh, the Carolinas, going down mm-hmm. into Florida around St. Augustine, just north of there, where they built yeah. Fort Moses. This, those settlers right. was wanting their property, and uh, the Spanish paid them for their for those slaves that escaped. People don't know that. This yeah. never told. It's always the the, the story of hate. So, what do you think about this new yeah, we, video out that's teaching kids how to how to masturbate? <laughs> I have not. Oh my God, I didn't see that. You gotta send me. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my God, I did not see that. I missed that. Yeah, Are you serious? Yes, you can just you? Google it. It shows up. But it's. Uh, oh I think it's first graders. Yeah. But you know, you know that goes back to that Glenn thing. You remember the Fifth Gate Conference that occurred back in 2000 in Massachusetts? Yeah. 
and it no, was a public yeah, school. It was a public school okay. that had a conference on on a Saturday, and they bus school students in elementary school students as young as twelve, and in some of those workshops, oh. the topic was oh, fisting and uh, okay, go ahead. Sh- fisting or should I swallow or spit it out? And uh, the person who was head of Glensing was uh, Kevin Jennings. And when Obama was wow. elected, he appointed Kevin Jennings as his uh, safe school czar, C-Z-A-R. But it's on the Internet, Fiskate Conference. I'm seeing, I'm seeing this right here. Dawson parents are enraged over masturbation videos from first graders. <gasps> what? Wow. See, that's that so whole thing. That, well, that's that whole movement to attack children. They're going after children now and trying to create a mindset. The same thing with that critical race theory. Uh, yeah, in Virginia, Chinese Americans protest against that critical race theory. That's a story on it, too, for what it's teaching. The things that that, that was uh, bullet-pointed in uh, that article is just disgusting. Yeah, you know, the critical it. race theory is just, is to me, I don't think I don't like it sewing in the mar- the uh, Marxist idea. There's a lot of, it, it becomes something else. I, I understand, I don't mind when you're teaching kids inclusion, trying to teach kids about diversity, but it becomes a different thing when you start, in which a lot of liberals, to me, sometimes start to interwine socialism into it. Well, the reason this happened is because, we need socialism, are we? Because and I think that's where it becomes dangerous. And I think like that, something like that should be taught at the college level. That's my perspective. Well, this so. one, I don't think it should be taught at all. This theory says Chinese American parents condemn critical race theory. And in the uh, article, if you read those bullet points, it's seven of them. Mm-hmm. And this stuff is totally disgusting. I wouldn't want to read this myself and say, you are not a person, you are only your race, and by your race alone, yeah. you will be judged. All unequal outcomes okay. by race, inequity for short, are the result of racial oppression. That's a, then you go on down and talks about that, uh, about whites. All blacks are oppressed and all whites are oppressive. This is systemic. Never ask whether oppression occurred, only how it occurred. Everyone and everything white is complicit. That's a bunch of bull crap. Well, you know, it, well, it wasn't even, it, it, it's not even, uh, in my personal opinion, it's, it, the critical race theory is was created by, I forget the guy, um, the guy, I think he's not even black or he's not, even, I think he's a part of, uh, I, I want to say, I forget he was half Asian, half white. I have to look it up again, but this is a, it, 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 it's a very interesting, because I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, it, I think I, it, it begins to take the idea off of race in America, and it begins to start to teach ideologies, which is, gets very dangerous to me. So I agree with now, you. Now, one other thing. <laughs> Did you listen to the speech that was given by the, the Black Panthers groups that uh, at at Tulsa, what they were saying? No, I about, did not. I did well, not. You, I did you not. get a chance you know, to listen you know to that. I'm going to tell you why I didn't listen to that. I think they're mm-hmm. using 
and here's my thing. I think there the we it can people like me that we've been talking about the Tulsa the the Tulsa massacre. I mean, what happened in Tulsa? And it's not only not only did it happen in Tulsa, it happened in other cities across the, uh, the United States during that those times. But I think now it's being used as a part of a liberal agenda for Biden to look good. So I I don't I, I don't want I, you know I feel like now it's it's losing it's it's becoming a democratic. Um, talking point. Well, you wonder why the news not saying something about it. Because the things that they were saying, if that hadn't been white saying that, it would be all up and down the news, claiming them to be Trump supporters and everything else. Wow. I'm going to have to listen to it because I'm I'm, I'm talking about killing people, digging them up. So on the lines that uh, Khaled Muhammad used to talk about. Now, as far as them uh, parading with their guns and things, I have no problem with that. That's supported by the yeah. Second Amendment. But when yeah. you're making it appear that uh, you're looking for some confrontation or something of that nature, I think that the news should at least brought that out and ask the question. Because, as I said before, if that had been whites uh, proclaiming to be Trump supporters, even if they weren't, it would be all plastered up and down the news and presented from that angle. Are uh, you mean? Are you talking about what happened early, like with them? When for you talk, or what are you talking about? Are you talking about recently, or are you talking about back when the riot? No, this is just, no, this is not the riot. I'm oh. talking about okay the the commemoration, the, the commemoration okay, that went on this past weekend. Okay, I'm gonna have to listen to some of the speeches. I have not listened to some of those speeches. I have to listen to some of them because I know they got them all over the YouTube. Stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it is on YouTube. But okay. uh, all right, so I'm gonna check it, it out. Yeah, check it out when you get in here. You give me a second, I might be to find real quick. And no, I can't. I don't have it right okay, there. Okay, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. All right. I'll find it. Okay, thank you oh. so much for coming. Oh, in. what thank about you. Mr. Fauci and his emails? What do you think about those? Oh. <laughs> Is that? That is totally. I'm glad he's getting uh, found out. He, I, I always said Fauci didn't know, has not known what he was talking about. He's lied back and forth. He did this during the HIV pandemic, by the way. People were angry with him. I think Fauci just wants to be seen. He wants to be seen longer. So I'm not surprised that he's saying certain things that he totally disagree with in public. You know, I'm not shocked. I'm not. It's good. I think he's going to get found out even more. But what did that do to the people I mean, that took the shots? I, crazy. I mean, but people have been trying to tell people, you know, be careful. I, they own an agenda. But you know, I you still can't tell people. People still want to believe in Foxy. Uh, you know. <laughs> Not only him, people. but the people that's been encouraging folks to go get shots. Telling them yes. that uh, yeah. it's, it's it's the it's the science and you got professionals and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, but you know what? He even even now about Trump. Trump told the truth the whole time. He about the it being a China, and now they're the news media is saying what Trump said a year ago. I'm like, are we serious right now? So it. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that. Uh, I think Foxy the whole time has been, you know, my personal opinion about Foxy is that he, if there's anything that's deep state, he's a part of it. 
Yeah, it's called Black Rights Activists Arm Stage Arm March Honoring Victims of Tulsa Race. And okay. one other thing I could talk a lot about Charlotte, if your business is not going good according to Joe Biden, it's because you don't have a good accountant and you don't have a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you. Oh, my God. I love what he's talking because he has great opinions. Okay, you know what? Listen, I'm not surprised. You know, we, we it's a wild. Let me tell y'all. Joe Biden, I keep telling black people, but black people don't believe me. I don't know. Y'all, y'all, y'all be thinking I'm cool when I be telling y'all about Biden, okay? I, I'm telling y'all, y'all going to wish in about a year, baby, that you know, might have the bat light out for Trump. Not to say the Trump is any better, but you'll have the bat light out. <laughs> Okay, you guys, we are coming to the end of the show. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed it today. I have enjoyed talking with y'all, shooting the breeze. Uh, listen, next week we'll be uh, – is it next week I'll be back? No, I might take out next week. I think I'm taking out – I don't know. We'll see, okay? But I, I, I want to have a guest on, so I'm trying to see if he's available. And so if I uh, – in the next couple of weeks, so I may be off next week and then come back with my guest the next week, but I got to check and see if he's available because there's this young man I really want to uh, talk to, and I want you guys to hear about him. He he uh, travels. He sent me a lot of his information. He teaches tours over Africa and different things like that. He raps and everything, and I'm, I'm really excited about asking him to be on the show. So, you guys uh, – I'm going to try to let you guys know when I'm going to do that, okay? So uh, we'll we'll know what God bless in the next couple of weeks. But you guys, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I mean, KC, I'm going to have a good one. Got to pray for me because I'm doing my first hosting of Pam Newton's fashion show. I'm coming out fashion show. It's almost sold out. I'm so excited. So you guys, uh, hey, I get to do a good job this week. I will see y'all next week okay we're gonna leave out with the jones girls did y'all get to see they uh 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 uh, uh what is it uh unsung it was really good oh my god watch that okay so i'm out i will see y'all yeah but the jones girls unsung they did it was so good the story behind these women who sang this song was a powerful story okay watch it on tv one i'm out y'all have a good see y'all next week bye
Carlotta Show. Remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can hit me up on Instagram at Carly's underscore Galaxy. You can also hit me up at Twitter, Carlotta72, and C Chatwood Show. Those are both Twitter accounts. C Chatwood Show is the active one, okay? I haven't been on there in a minute, but y'all follow me on that. And Carly's underscore Galaxy and the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page is where you really get interaction from me, okay? You can write me. You can DM me on Instagram if you have information about a show or you want to be on the show or a show you'd like to see. Also, uh, you can also uh, send me a message through Facebook also, okay? I'm out, you guys. You have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We're going to keep it going with this Jones Girls, Jones Girls Nights Over Egypt. I'll see y'all.